just grew hair in my eyes. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, August 23rd, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 437. This is No Agenda. Preparing for civil war in Texas against mosquitoes. From the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we have no mosquitoes, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. With a stinger. We're back with a stinger. Yeah. Oh, man, we're all going to die. So they're going to have, did you just read that thing about the Texas judge? Yeah, I have the clip. You want to hear him? Yeah, I want to hear it because I, I read about it, but I never heard the clip. This, yeah, is, a, this, this is, is another distraction. This is a good one. This is a very good one. This is uh, this is um, from the uh, – hold on a second. Um, where is he? Where is the Where is the judge? Hmm. Well, I think he put him in here. Hold on a second. Uh, well, that's interesting. I had this one all set up. Um, this is an ironic beginning of the show. Yeah, this is this is not how it's supposed to be. This is crazy. Oh, I'm now I'm starting to worry that uh, some of my clips got messed up. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh no. Oh. You want to start the show over? Maybe we can do it tomorrow. No, no, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> no, we're not going to do the the show tomorrow. Let me just see. Let me just see where this went. So this is a judge in uh, Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock. Nobody goes to Lubbock. <laughs> Which we drove by. We drove by Lubbock. It's usually dusty. Um, it, do we have any donors from Lubbock? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I think we do have a donor from Lubbock, I actually. It's so dusty in Lubbock that when you try to type something in the computers, all the dust gets in there and it shorts out the machine. I have a feeling that we do have uh, uh, listeners from Lubbock. So anyway, he's trying to raise taxes by 1.5%. And, uh, yeah, see, I knew it. There's something very wrong with uh, with my clips. Oh, man. Well, okay, well, I, let's go to a... Uh... <laughs> no, I, now I want to play the clip. Yeah, I'm sure you do. But I'm, I'm very concerned. Uh, maybe, I put it in, maybe I put it in here. Wow, John, this is not good. Well, you can't uh, here, here it is. Trip. I got it. Let's I got discuss. It. I got it. I got it. it. Okay. I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. Good. Okay. Here we go. He's going to try to hand over the sovereignty of the United States to the UN. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's going to happen when that happens? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking worst case scenario. Right. Right. Okay. I understand. Civil unrest. Civil disobedience. <laughs> civil war. Maybe. I and mean, we're not talking just a few riots here and demonstrations. We're talking. We're talking Lexington Concord. Take up arms and get rid of the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what's going to happen if we do that, if the public decides to do that? Mm -hmm. He's going to send in U.N. troops. I don't want them in Lubbock County, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stand in front of their pers armored personnel carriers and say, you're not coming in here. Mm -hmm. And the sheriff, I've already asked him, I said, are you going to back me? He said, yeah, I'll back you. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want a bunch of rookies <laughs> yeah, back sure. there. True. I want trained, equipped, seasoned veteran officers mm -hmm. to back me. <laughs> Whether you agree with the judge or think his theories are unrealistic, the reality is a tax hike that will provide an additional $832,433, coupled with about a $2 million cut to make these numbers work. Attention citizens, come to arms, come to arms, grab your military-styled AK-47. Obama is handing over the country to the U.N. 
That, that is all. You may go back home now. <laughs> so wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So this guy wants. This is a. This is, I've never seen a pitch like this. He it's, wants it's more one of the taxes best for his people. Yeah, it's one of the best pitches ever. He wants more taxes for the people for his for his sheriff's department. Yeah. He wants more money for his group. So to defend that area against the attack of the Obama UN uh, takeover military. <laughs> yeah. now, now let's assume let's just let's just daydream for a minute and just say that yeah, all hell breaks loose. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me daydream for a second. Let's do this properly. <sighs> all hell is breaking loose. All hell is breaking loose. So. So he calls up the UN. We have an army. Hello. We have drones. I mean, they could just blow this guy out of the water in five seconds. He's not going to be defending anything. Just take an F fourteen fighter strike. You know, bring in some, bring in a B. You know, a, a stealth bomber. I mean, come on. Yeah, but that's not the point. That's how we talk in Texas, John. This is this is man talk here. Blowhard. This, this is guy. man and talk. Meanwhile, of course, CNN and everybody picks this up as Republican radicals. Crazy. Took the- Crazy. <laughs> There's crazy Republicans. They're all nuts. They're all nuts. <laughs> and and really, you know, because there's a whole there's like two minutes more to that entire uh, interview. And really, it's you know he wants uh, you know there's he needs more material material. He's looking for seven more troopers. You know, the whole bunch of things. And it, we're really talking. And he wants to create his own little police state. Yeah, of course break. he does. That's exactly, that's what we do in Texas. We got it. We we take care of our own, boy. I don't you understand that? Take care of our own here in Texas. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And it is, of course. Uh, man, there's so many distractions going on. In fact, I should just play the jingle uh, right off oh, the top. Yeah, yeah. Look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Number one, top of the list, has got to be this. Uh, for those of you who are not in Gitmo Nation uh, proper here in the United States of Gitmo, it's got to be this Todd Aiken uh, <laughs> legitimate rape thing. <laughs> which What an idiot. Which has an interesting connotation, though. It has all kinds of connotations, and I'm not actually absolutely sure if he knows what he's set off. I well, mean, he was just obviously some. I've I've know guys like this. He is a a know nothing blowhard, yeah. and he's just yacking away, and he's just off. He's he, he in, messed in, up. In is what he did? Where he knows nothing. He doesn't know the sensitivities <laughs> of anybody. He's completely out of touch with the popular culture, and he just starts blathering yeah. because he likes to hear himself talk. On, on, and not even on a local, on a on a national news channel. It's just some local thing, which yeah. make, which makes it even funnier. So let me play the quote, which is about thirty seconds, and then there's a couple other things that I found. Um, interesting that as it relates to uh, the definition of rape. What about in the case of rape? Should it be legal or not? Well, you know, uh, people always want to try and make that as one of those things. Well, how do you how do you slice this particularly tough sort of ethical question? It seems to me, first of all, from what I understand from doctors, that's really rare. If it's a legitimate rape. Uh, the female body has ways to try to shut that whole thing down. But let's assume that maybe that didn't work or something. You know, I think there should be some punishment, but the punishment ought to be in the rapist and, and not attacking the child. Wait a minute. Hey, woman. She's got a switch. 
<laughs> hey, hey, woman, you're screw you, dude. Your switch ain't working. Switch, hey, we click, 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 hey. So, so of course, what this is about is about abortion once again, and uh, the word. No, abo- I, I, I actually to back up a second. This is about two things: abortions are a an issue. The second one is the controversy over uh, Ryan versus Romney's attitude about. Uh, Abortion. But, no, it is. It's about abortion. You're right. The whole yeah. thing's about <laughs> Thank abortion. you. However, um, what we're seeing now is a couple of interesting things. So, first of all, let's just look at the word rape, because I always find when someone's defining rape, a word, I like to look it up, and I look it up uh, on, in the dictionary. Uh, rape is, so it's a noun, obviously, uh, or it, I guess it can also be a, a verb, but oh, yeah. we, we start with to noun. Rape. The unlawful compelling of a person through physical force or duress to have sexual intercourse. That, to me, sounds like the definition of rape. Correct? Absolutely. And this really shouldn't be used in any other context. Okay. Now, this is interesting. Uh, There are some other definitions uh, which I think we should look at. Any act of sexual intercourse that is forced upon a person. We have statutory rape, which means you're having sex with someone who is a minor. We have rape as an act of plunder, violent seizure or abuse, despoliation, violation, such as the rape of the countryside. This is also an important uh, use of the word rape, because uh, now, of course, now the word rape is being hijacked. Uh, archaic use, the act of seizing and carrying off by force. Then we have the verb to force to have sexual intercourse, to plunder, to seize, take or carry off by force. And uh, this uh, dates back uh, to the uh, 13th century. Um, uh, interesting. Can, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. So the Amtrak train is going by right now. I can see it down the hill. <laughs> I mean, my rape sequence, man. Who gives a crap about your it's Amtrak? It's going one mile an hour. Hmm. Anyway, go on. It's Sorry. The, yeah. I was just saying high-speed rail. Here it comes. Go okay. On. So when he's talking about a legitimate rape... And this is all about abortion. And by the way, you'll, you'll see in a moment that the word abortion and the act of abortion is now synonymous to health care, women's health care, which I find uh, very interesting how this is turning and twisting in, huh. the, uh, yeah, in the media. So now let's go over to Gitmo Nation East where we have another rape case. And this is interesting because this is the rape case against Julian Assange, uh, who is being accused of rape. Uh, by uh, not one, but I believe two Swedish ladies, and this is the entire case of his, um, the entire reason for his extradition to Sweden. I believe these two may be related. Here's George Galloway, who is a member of Parliament. He has a podcast, which is very interesting, a video podcast. He does it in black and white with like a David Letterman microphone. Um, he's a real blowhard. He's a, he's a commie, I think, right, John? Is, uh, is that yep. true? Yeah. Uh, listen to what he has to say. Don't do because what I'm going to say is going to be controversial. But somebody has to say this. Because a, a kind of reign of intellectual terror has now descended upon this issue, at least in Britain, and I suspect elsewhere in the Western world. Let me tell you that I think that Julian Assange's personal sexual behavior is sordid, disgusting. I condemn it. If the allegations made by these two women were true, 100% true, and even if a camera in the room captured them, they don't 
constitute rape. At least not rape as anyone with any sense can possibly recognize it. And somebody has to say this. Let's take woman A. Woman A met Julian Assange, invited him back to her flat, gave him dinner, went to bed with him, had consensual sex with him, claims that she woke up to him having sex with her again. Something which can happen, you know. <laughs> it can happen, you know. So is that a legitimate rape, John, or an illegitimate rape is the, is the question. I think these uh, these two sides of the ocean are related in this case. Is that a legitimate rape when you are given dinner, have consensual sex, you wake up in the morning. And, and you find that he's still having sex. And you're being penetrated. Is that legitimate or well, illegitimate you know, rape? This is a very interesting uh, question because this has been asked on numerous law and order and oh. other American crime shows. Hmm. Uh, and it's been brought up in the topic, and uh, it's, and it's, you know, it seems to me, in fact, it was even brought up with a husband and wife situation, I believe, in one story, where he was, you know, having sex with his sleeping wife, and it became a rape case. But is that rape? This, this is a... Is it, not in any... In any not by nor, the definition except, of the dictionary. I don't see how that's rape, but unless it was, unless somewhere along the line there was a, it was it was met, mentioned by the woman in advance that hey, by the way, I know some people like to do this sort of thing. <laughs> hey but, man, uh, don't bone me in the morning. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, dude. I'm not into that. You know, brush As your teeth first. The, and there's other situations where a woman might say. Uh, or, or, or hint or even really appreciate getting woken up by sex. And and I would like to there point out. There have been women that like to get woken up by sex. And so so they like to get woken up by rape by these standards. The whole, this I, is ridiculous. I, I, I would like to say that um, a part of the conversation is, that is not taking place here is, you know, men can also be raped. Uh, if, you know, forceful sex. Physical force, duress to have sexual intercourse. Now, you can also... Get really drunk. I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. You can go home uh, with someone, with a woman, and uh, you know, and she looked really good after ten beers. But the next morning, <laughs> you're waking up and she's having sex with you, and you're like, "Oh no!" You know, you want to, you know, one of these where you want to chew your arm off instead of removing your uh, your arm from under her pillow. And that could also then, in this case, be rape. But the president, luckily, who has not appeared before the press corps for uh, months decides to uh, come out and speak about this uh, issue. Uh, which oh, was, because this is so important in yeah, the scheme of things. Which, by the way, was scripted, as you'll see if you go to the show notes, 437.nashownotes.com, you'll see that he is continuously reading off of his piece of paper. Uh, but here is what he had to say, and I found that it uh, widened the definition even more. Well, let me, let me first of all say uh, the views expressed were offensive. Rape is rape. Rape is rape. Let's just so let's take that as a. Let me just mark that down. Rape is rape. However, the president seems to, to think there are more forms of rape. Well, wait, no, it can't be because he just said rape is no, rape. No, 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 no. Listen, no, listen, no, no way. No, no, Thank no, you, Ben. No, no. Be here all the week. No, listen. And the idea that we should be parsing and qualifying and uh, slicing uh, what types of rape uh, we're talking about. Uh, doesn't make sense to the American people. 
But f- hold on a second. We're having this exact conversation. I think it, it is very important to define this or try to define or at least have the conversation. Mr. President, please elaborate. Uh, and certainly doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so uh, what I think these comments do underscore is why we shouldn't have a bunch of politicians, uh, a majority of whom are men, making health care decisions on behalf of women. So there is the translation from abortion nice. to health care decisions. Yeah, that's, this is the old abortion argument slipped in the side door. Which, by the way, so to Good speak, one. which, by the way, ever since I've been on this planet, I can I can only recall presidential elections that come down to this. It's always about abortion, about uh, women's rights. But now it's uh, female health care. That apparently is abortion. Uh, And so although these particular comments uh, have uh, have led Governor Romney and uh, other Republicans to to distance themselves. I'm still going to screw them right here from the podium. I think the underlying notion that uh, we should be making decisions on behalf of women for their health care decisions or qualifying forcible rape. Forcible rape. Hold on a second. Well, he just parsed the rape thing. I thought rape was rape. No, you have forcible rape. What is not unforceable? I mean, so there's two different kinds of rape? He just said there wasn't. John, he just said he overrode his original comment by saying that there's something called forcible rape. Versus non-forcible rape. Versus non-forcible rape. There's two kinds now. What is he? Can't he make up his mind? What is non-forcible rape? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm very confused. And I think that this does warrant a conversation, not to mention that now rape and uh, leading to abortion is a woman's health care issue, which men have no say in the whole. We are so screwed up in this country. (laughs) We are so completely screwed up. I mean, if a woman says no, that's consent. I think consent, consensual sex, I think is uh, that's where you can get into a uh, duress, right? Duress. That if it was in uh, uh, unconsensual, that would be duress. But to say, but to, to say, there's forcible and no, and non-forcible rape. I, I find that uh, weird. Well, I find this whole thing to be uh, tedious. In fact, I had a clip I was going to run later, but I, I might as well run it now. Um, since we're on this topic, which is Glenn Eiffel on the idiot Aiken. Oh, this is and the woman I, from Democracy actually, let me Now. Say, I want to save this clip for a little later in the show because it, it, it leads better into some into our uh, our donation okay. segment. Then let me uh, uh, finish. But let me but you finish this up because there was a another distraction of the week that I found interesting and a contrast to the rape. Stuff. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I have a couple, but um, we'll well, hear yours. I think because it, it was interesting to me that JC didn't even know this was going on. But I think that the the Aiken rape story, which took over our became our distraction of the week, didn't hold a candle to the um, and the clip here is yes, the skittish Brits. Now, this was a great distraction of the week. (laughs) This was the great distraction of the week for the Brits. Yes. He was last seen in Britain at the closing ceremony of the Olympic Games. With the world looking on, Prince Harry was there as the Queen's personal representative. 
A few days later, and a very different Harry was on display. In Las Vegas, in a swimming pool in a nightclub. He was there with friends on what officials say was a short break from his military duties. <laughs> but it was what happened later in his hotel suite that's causing acute embarrassment to the third in line to the British throne. An American gossip website published photographs of Prince Harry, naked, apparently playing strip billiards. A woman <laughs> companion also appears to be naked. The mainstream media here in Britain has so far chosen not to publish the photographs, mindful, no doubt, that Lord Justice Leveson is currently writing his report on the British press. Yeah. Um... So first of all, it, 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 couldn't, it cannot be strip billiards in Las Vegas. Let's get one thing straight. It can be strip pool. Be. Uh, and there, there's, there, I, I really I agree with you. I doubt seriously there's a true billiards, billiards table, table yeah. in a suite in any of the hotels in Las Vegas. Nobody even knows what billiards is, generally <laughs> speaking. Although, uh, like a lot of these strip games, it does involve balls. Everybody now. So the BB. So what's interesting? There's a couple things interesting about this. One is that the um, the British press has entirely shut down at, when it comes to showing these pictures, and the pictures are pretty tame. Although I look at the picture, and it, you know the caption says, "Here's Prince Harry giving a girl a bear hug from behind." I'm like, no, that would be rape. That that's what I'm seeing as he's penetrating. But okay, whatever you do or don't want to say. But you, when you see the BBC, I've been just following uh, their distraction. Here's one of their stories. Is it normal to drink and end up naked? I mean, really, BBC? There's a big debate over whether British newspapers should be allowed to show the image of the prince naked in a Las Vegas hotel room, reportedly with a group of women. And then it says, it's quite normal. It's quite normal to be 28 and get naked after a drink. The whole thing is about, it's like, you know, eh, we blame our nakedness on drink, and that's why did it. The nudity, this official, this uh, expert says, all feels a bit naughty, a deliberate breach of taboo. Some people will have a drink or a cigarette because it seems like a slightly naughty thing to do. I wouldn't put it in this category. The idea is you're more vulnerable. It's all up front and barriers are down. There's some sense that you're more open and connected with people. Yeah, the prince was very connected to that girl. Um, so I think there's two things going on. One, uh, as you heard at the end of the report, because of the whole uh, Murdoch uh, phone hacking scandal, uh, the entire British press is on lockdown, and they're very afraid. Uh, two, I'm pretty sure this was a gay orgy. and That's, that's funny. I, I had the same sense. Really? Yeah. Um, I've gotten... I've gotten several reports. I mean, Prince Harry has, to that. in fact, recently he's even talks about, in, in, in fact, he said in one of, in an interview, I believe, uh, that he's not gay. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, just so you know, boys, uh, I'm not gay. Just uh, want to put that out there. And uh, there's, if you look up, in fact, if you type, if you go to Google and go Prince Harry gay, you run into this sort of, uh, yeah. <clears throat> some of this issue shows up. But anyway, it was it was a big distraction and a good one, but I don't think it was a planned one. Uh, but wow, it's so tiring to have to go and find news amidst there was all a, of this. There's a gay sex attack in April second, twenty twelve, on Prince Harry's army base. Oh, base really? maybe gay. Whatever the case is, it's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was a. Uh, uh, this was a. a, a 
this was this was premeditated. This was put out there for the purposes of making Prince Harry look not gay. Oh, okay. I like that one. Look at look. He's bear hugging a woman. He can't possibly be gay. And he's playing strip poke billiards. Strip billiards. Billiards with a bunch of females. That's a manly game. Strip billiards. This balls this is and balls. Manly game. With many women. <laughs> <laughs> and the morning to you there, John C. Dvorak up there. In the morning in, uh, to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, all the knights who have supported the show over the years, and all the uh, people that have their feet in the air as we speak. Yes, and uh, ankles in the straps. And, of course, our artists who always uh, do a great job for us uh, at uh, com. Thank you very much, Nick the Rat, for the previous episode's uh, artwork. Uh, wrapping up the uh, Hot Pockets uh, 2009 tour, John. Hot Pockets. Um, where did we leave off? We left off and I was in, um, where was I? New Mexico, right? In Albuquerque. Yeah, you were in Sunday. Albuquerque uh, in the back of a uh, The meth capital of the station, world. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, and you were on your way to Clovis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we hauled out to uh, Clovis. And um, we stayed with Dame Margaret and Sir Kent and his lovely family. And it, it was so nice, John. So Clovis is uh, basically an Air Force town. I think, was it, uh, is it Hill Air Force Base? No, not Hill. Uh, but it's an Air Force uh, town. And uh, it was quite a drive, actually. And do you remember you were talking about the uh, New Mexico Lightning? Oh, you got to see it. Oh, my God. Not, Did I tell you or what? Oh, not, so we are... Cannon Air Force Base. We're right at the Cannon. Thank you. We're at Santa Rosa. I think it was Santa Rosa. And at that point, you know, you basically turn off uh, uh, the main drag to, uh, you know, drive another two hours to Clovis. And and Mickey was driving. And she's like, um, would you mind uh, driving? And it, by the way, every cloud to Mickey was a tornado. <laughs> and it was funny because I'm looking at a couple of these There's clouds. There's no like, tornadoes there. I'm looking like, damn, she might be right. Is that a tornado? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't even say I know. So I don't know. It looked pretty, pretty big. You could see walls on both sides. And uh, we got caught in hail. Uh, it was, it was outrageous. Just the weather. And by the way, this is of course because of the rain stick. The, uh, I'm now complete. What happened? Well, you know, I've been driving with this thing. This thing has been in the sin bin. So, so it's, it's bouncing been, around. It's in been there? shaken. And I think the way it works is there is essentially a, uh, a six to 12 hour delay. And I can tell you why. Uh, uh, after shaking it and making it rain. So uh, we were at uh, uh, Sir Kent and uh, Dame Margaret's uh, place, and uh, this lovely family. They got a six-year-old, a six, a six-week-old human resource. Uh, they took care of us. Now, Dame Margaret used to have uh, a huge ranch with all uh, with tons of cattle, and uh, she had to sell them all because uh, she couldn't feed them anymore because of the drought. And more about that later on in the show. And which was very sad. And, you know, so she basically, and I I told her, hey, let's open an RV park. I know how to run these things now. And we'll we'll open up the first swinging, wife swapping RV park. (laughs) And uh, she's like, you know, pray for rain, pray for rain. So it hasn't rained in in weeks, if not months, in Clovis. It rains nearby, but never really in Clovis. We leave and we get a text message about six hours later. She said, I can't believe it. It rained in Clovis. 
So now I'm thinking the stick, there's something to it. So we come back, uh, we're back in Austin and we're unpacking the bin and I get the stick and it was really muggy. Like it, it had to rain, but yeah, I, I knew it was raining up North a little more towards Dallas, but not, uh, not where we were. And, uh, and Mickey's like, please shake the stick. Shake your stick, boy. Make it rain. And she's talking about the rain stick, though, right? Yeah. So I uh, I shake the stick. Yeah. Nothing happens. Then at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm awakened by an unbelievable rainstorm. And uh, and the pillows on the furniture outside were still out, so I get up. It's 4.30, 5 o'clock. The rain is it's raining straight down. There's So there's no wind. It's not going sideways, so it's not even coming onto the porch. I'm like, wow, this is a pretty big storm. So I go on to the Doppler radar. All of Texas, no rain. Not This is not even on our radar. I'm like refreshing, refreshing. Then finally it shows up. This storm, this rainstorm is right over Lake Travis, right over our house. It just appears out of nowhere. And in all of Texas, there is no rain. It rains for an hour and stops. So I am convinced that I have the power. You might. It's possible. Stranger things have happened. So we need to test this. Now, I ha- now my, my general... You have it there with you. I have... Yes, I have. But, but before you do that, yeah. tell, tell people again what the lightning is like in New Mexico. It's outrageous. Isn't it more it's, outrageous than any lightning you've ever seen? Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say. Yeah. I've seen lightning all over the world, and I've seen... Uh, New Mexico lightning and New Mexico lightning is astonishing. And it's, and it's, and it's consistent and it's easy to watch and it's just boom, 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 boom. Oh, it's no, beautiful. But, but the, the, the flashes are just beyond belief. Yeah, they're huge. They're Particularly really, against they light up the, the place. So yeah. I was in uh, Santa Fe once when they were having lightning. First time I saw a good lightning storm there. And it, it was, I went outside this restaurant to watch it. It was just boom, boom, boom. And he would go boom. And then the whole town would go dark. Yeah. Because it took out the power. Yeah, of course. And then two seconds later, the town pops back up. Hmm. Apparently, they have circuit breakers designed for lightning. Oh, then it turns back on. Interesting. Yeah, so it goes out. And comes back one, on. One, two, three, boom, Very back good. up. It's hilarious. Anyway, that's New Mexico. So um, here's the belief. The belief. Now, I don't know if, uh, if I can make it rain everywhere or only where the rain stick is physically present. Um, so we're going well, to... I would think... Going- well, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, it has rain. Well, okay. well, we're streaming. You know, this uh, this this internet waves. You know, who yeah. Knows? But you did this before. You you made a bunch of racket with this thing, and it didn't start make it rain here. And I'm well, you know, number one on the agenda when it comes. Well, okay. To the, Do you uh, want rain? Do you want rain? Well, it's not going to rain here because yeah, but, we don't have rain in the summer. In okay, California. but but just for purposes of this test, you want yeah, it to ahead. rain, right? Okay. Um, so, um, within six to 12 hours, it should be raining at least in Austin, at least in Austin. And, uh, hopefully in, uh, in Northern Silicon Valley and anywhere else where you want it to rain. Ready? Here we go. Oh, by the power of the rain stick. Oh God. I think think, think it's raining now. Oh wait, that's the stick. I have to give it three shakes. One, two, and... Sounds like you're peeing. Now, by the way, if you go on the Googles and you try to find out any history about the rain stick, the Internet is ruined. There's like ehow, how to ask, answer, question, dot com, org, net, 
how to make rain sticks out of dowels, paper towels, bull crap. And, and only on like nativeamerica.com will you see one paragraph that says, oh, the stupid Indians believe they could make it rain. I'm looking for like, you know, rain chants. I'm, you know, how do you use it? Since when did the rain stick become such, uh, such an incredible instrument? It's not an incredible instrument. It falls under the percussion uh, family of instruments. It's not a great instrument. It's a dumb instrument. You can't, like, play different notes. No, it's not even. It's just a noisemaker. But if you Google rain stick, it'll tell you it's an instrument, a musical instrument in the percussion family. Now, is this a, a rain stick from where? Because I think they really originated in Africa. Um, uh, no, apparently the um, South America. Okay, Chilean. Chilean, like there's yes. a lot of Chilean rain sticks. Yeah, Chilean. And well, this were, could be something, the, the, the Incas or some, you know, some. Yeah, the Aztecs, the Incas. And this was well, made. Well, it would be the Aztecs, but it could be the Incas. This was made by our producer in uh, Salt Lake City. Of course, now my, her name is eluding me. Mickey will, Ms. Mickey will hopefully text it to me in a moment. Uh, and and she, she hand makes them. I have to say it has a whole, I, I think it's in the symbols. I think that the magical symbols is uh, is what does it. It's hand painted. It really is. As it, When it comes to rain sticks, it's a beautiful stick. Uh. It's a really nice looking stick. So, you know, hey, but what if it, what if it works? I could travel around the country just making it rain everywhere. Yeah, you'd probably be making more money than we're making. <laughs> uh, 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 on that tip. Uh, we have done the final analysis of the No Agenda Hot Pockets 2009 Hot tour. Pockets. A financial fiasco. I can, uh, <laughs> I can, I can let you well, know. You went right up the gut. There's nothing going on in this part of the country that you have. You know, you get the big turnouts like you would in Connecticut, for example. Well, you should also, do the Pacific, well, also, you should we, do the uh, Northeast Corridor. We also had to pay for the bin. Remember? Yeah. So we had to pay for the bin uh, and for the gas. So pretty much uh, at a loss. On the, the tour, of course, uh, uh, in no way can we say that we had a loss because we met some uh, amazing people, uh, had some great experiences, made rain all the way home. Um, it was great to meet uh, our producers, to be grounded once again, and uh, to know that everyone is prepared. Every single one of our producers is prepared. Mm. Yeah. Even Dame Margaret's armed. She bought herself a judge. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Sherry Osborne is uh, the name of our producer in uh, Salt Lake City who makes these. You can find her on Facebook. She's one of the, uh, I think I'm friends with her on Facebook. So is Ms. Mickey. She needs to get a webpage up and sell these things because they're really good looking. And apparently they work. Well, for you. Well, let's see. And it, it, within yes, six, there within, was no rain in Austin at all. Within six to 12 hours. Let's see if it rains up there in northern Silicon Valley. Wouldn't that be a trip? Okay, uh, we should thank some producers. Yep. Let's go with, uh, we got SaltySkipper.com in Greece. Oh. $437. He'd be executive producer for today's show, uh, 437. And he'll be exclusive member of the 437 Club. Very nice. Yes, very good. Uh, as promised, I owe you a donation to show 42419. I asked for karma that would find me a job to carry me through the summer or... That would give me a gig immediately after the summer. Guess what? Both karma wishes came true. I've wow. been busy enough all summer to pay the bills comfortably. And beginning the August, the client extended their commitment till the end of November. Great huh. stuff, that karma. Today, the 23rd, my father, Harm Hutinga. Harm Hutinga. 
Huttinga. Huttinga. Was has his birthday, so please give him a warm well wishing, and I could have some karma for my client. Please, I hope they will keep doing great business. Sorry about the last time where I got two producer credits for the price of one. That was not my intention, but I appreciate it anyway. I also want to pre-announce that I plan to be knighted around nine eleven, which is my birthday. <laughs> awesome. Well, wait a minute. So if you got two producer credits, no wonder you got double the karma. So yeah, there you have once it. again, there's proof. This stuff really does work. It's amazing. You've got karma. Awesome. Well, we're happy. And uh, our friend from Australia, Tristan Wilson Kerrigan, near Wagga Wagga, uh, <clears throat> $250 came in as an executive, uh, associate executive. Those arseholes at PayPal suspended my payment to the best podcasts in the universe. Could I please have a de-douching? And some kind of miracle karma for the upcoming exams. <coughs> miracle karma. Okay, I think we got that here somewhere. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Miracle and karma. finally, uh, oh. Eric Schill's uh, NoAgendaNation.com came in with a uh, uh, $200. So there'll be an associate executive producer. He was doing this to promote his... Uh, NoAgendaNation.com sale. Oh, there's a sale on it, NoAgendaNation.com? Yeah, coupon uh, code is RAINSTICK. No. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's a marketing genius, that Eric the Shill. (laughs) Did he send me a note that he's going to make the douchebag button? Did he send me that? I saw that come through. Yeah, he's thinking about pricing it now. I really like that idea. So That's good. So we can have a douchebag button. Yeah. And which is, you know, a big red button that you push and it says douchebag. I love it. What a and, genius uh, anyway, idea. So check out the noagendanation.com and use the coupon code RAINSICK. You get 33% off everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, which is, he's got some good, the mugs are great. I and may I, may I recommend, does he have the lanyards? Because I, I would recommend the, the lanyards. The lanyards seem to be some sort of an odd hit. It's great. I told some guy wrote in, I said, just ask him for a lanyard. I don't know he's <laughs> selling it for a dollar. I don't free. know what the lanyards are. No, the lanyards are $3.33. No, he should throw them in for free. Well, then you take, well, they're nice lanyards. It's got a clasp and everything. And we use them extensively throughout the tour. I'm very, very, uh, very pleased with the lanyards. And I've seen on this tour, I've seen several. I've seen um, the Keep Quiet and Pay Taxes t-shirt. I've seen Keep Calm, uh, We'll Print More. I haven't seen many. People love that shirt. They do love that. I haven't seen. We'll Print More. Also, I've seen Mayan coins. I've seen all kinds of great premiums uh, on the road. By the way, it was a nice meetup in, uh, in New Mexico. Uh, well, we already talked about that meetup. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, let's. Well, anyway, those are our executive producers, associate executive producers for sh- for the, this week's show. Uh, we want to thank them and remind people to go to dvorak.org slash na channel dvorak.com slash na if you can't get to dvorak.org slash na. But there's also donation buttons on noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com. And this is a value for value model. We don't take any money for advertising, no gifts, no uh, sponsorships, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just one place for you to go. The, the We made it real easy for you. If you can spell it, you can donate. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And, of course, we have another way that you can help us by propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth.
walkie-talkies from the trip. I like that. I can just use walkie-talkies. Uh, oh, that's a walkie-talkie. That's not your uh, bullhorn. No, no, the bullhorn is a... Shut up, slaves. That's a similar quality. No, it, it's a quick quality. I think the walkie-talkie's better. It's uh, funnier. Yeah, shut up. Well, it's, it, it requires two hands. <laughs> I like the bleep. <laughs> the Roger beep. Like, did, you, did you get me? Did you get me, good buddy? Could you hear me? Um, I think I've discovered a fantastic opportunity for us, John, uh, which uh, comes at a good time, of course. In fact, yeah, it is yet another no agenda money-making investment scheme that we will absolutely take no action on and be kicking ourselves over later. How does that sound? It sounds just like what we do. <laughs> sounds par, for, par the for the course. Par for the course. So I've been seeing um, the following reports. Every I just picked one at random. And um, on a hunch, I started to Google around and see if my uh, my intuition would pay off. Here's an example of a big conversation we're having right now, um, I th- certainly in the United States, uh, but probably worldwide, although in the U.S. it's a little more um, ingrained in uh, our legal system. With record drought destroying crops across the country, corn prices are up 60%, causing a worldwide ripple effect. Governors from Maryland, Delaware, North Carolina, and Arkansas, Democrats all, have now asked the EPA to waive the 10% ethanol requirement for gasoline. It's universally acknowledged that the ethanol is raising the prices of food. It's not uh, lowering the prices of gas. It may, in fact, be raising the prices of gas. Um, and it's having uh, devastating environmental effects uh, in terms of coastal pollution. Coastal dead zones may be increasing because of the runoff from fertilizer-intensive corn crops. The director general of the U.N. Food and Agriculture Organization, Jose Graziano da Silva, has called for a suspension of ethanol mandates, too, fearing that price spikes in U.S. corn exports may lead to starvation in the poorest of nations. Yet the administration has not yet acted to waive the mandate. What I can tell you is that the EPA has made clear that they're working closely uh, closely rather with the Department of Agriculture to keep an eye on yields. So this is uh, going all the way to the top. This is a big conversation. And, and they will evaluate all the relevant information when assessing that uh, situation. When asked recently about waiving the mandate, Deputy White House Communications Director Jen Psaki said this of President Obama's ethanol view, quote, he absolutely believes in it. He thinks it's a driver of the economy here and a key component of renewable energy. In 2008, the EPA denied a similar waiver request from Texas Governor Perry. It's a combination of politics, a, a lack of a desire not to look weak, All right. So uh, the report goes on a little bit longer. But the point is made. uh, The conversation right now is there is a mandate in the the United States of Gitmo Nation uh, to have a minimum of 10 percent, which uh, the EPA just won a court case. Uh, It will increase to 15 percent of ethanol in gasoline, which uh, and I'm so happy I do this program with you, John, because uh, you actually understand this stuff. You understand the blends, how it works. But also the policy behind it is interesting. Um, the ethanol is made primarily from, it has to be made from biofuels. That is part of the mandate. And uh, this is now made from corn, uh, which is interesting because it's not like uh, uh, the way I understand it. It's not like you make ethanol from corn and there's no food for cattle. It's actually a byproduct. So it's just the expense of it because uh, we've had a, a bad crop this year. Probably do more to Monsanto than any drought is my suspicion. Um, so question number one for you, John. Ethanol. 
Um, what does it do in your gasoline? Could you basically just dilute your gasoline with water? Would it, uh, could you pee in your tank? Would it make any difference? <laughs> does eth- is ethanol actually something that burns? I mean, is this something yeah, no, that it's, works? It's actually a, a, quite a good fuel. It does. It has the, the drawback to ethanol is, and it, it has high octane. It's a good product. Uh, but people don't like it because it, you mean it delivers ten percent outst- less energy per gallon than gasoline. An does. outstanding product is what you mean. Sorry, yeah, not a good product. An outstanding product. It's an outstanding product. Yes. I believe. Okay. I like ethanol. But I like the but, idea of putting a little bit in the gasoline so, for one or two reasons. One of them is, for one thing, it's extremely hygroscopic which means it sucks up water. And generally speaking, most Americans have uh, water that accumulates in their gas tank. It usually sits at the bottom and stays mm-hmm. there and starts to rust the tank up, and it causes all kinds of problems now, down now the road. Par- now, part of this debate, John, is that um, it takes more energy to create ethanol than ethanol delivers. Is this true? I believe that the corn process, yes. I believe – I don't know. I, but I, the numbers I've seen indicated it does take more energy than it's worth, especially the moving it around. But I'm not so sure that that's true with the cane sugar or the cane uh, version of ethanol, which is the stuff they make in Brazil. I think you can make money with that one. Yeah, it's a loser. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. It's a loser. Okay. Uh, so why uh, was this uh, law created? Well, I, if if it was me doing the deconstruction just off the top of my head, I would assume it was the corn lobby yeah. looking for some easy government money. Exactly, uh, exactly. And uh, they, exactly. they got it. And it, here's what's going to happen. I, I have a prediction because, about how this is going to go down. Well, uh, hold on to your prediction for a second. No, actually, I'd love to hear your prediction. My prediction is that because of the – and by the way, I had a clip last week. We didn't run it. This this drought and uh, shortage that we're coming up with, crop shortage, is duplicated in Russia, which is not being reported yes. in the United States. Right. But Russia has the same exact problem. Okay. And so there's going to be a huge problem. And the report that I had was the Koreans are freaked out about this. And they're uh-huh. the ones because they – the Koreans only have 27% of their food supply from Korea, they, right. which is, I think is terrible. But they have to import a lot of stuff, and they import from us mostly. Okay. They let, import our beef. Let, they import our grain. Let's go they're back. the ones pushing for to drop this ethanol bull crap. So let's go back to your original thesis, uh, which I agree with, that this was the corn lobby – the corn lobby said, <laughs> what's better than feeding cows is feeding everybody's car. That would be awesome. And they got all kinds of subsidies. And now, of course, corn is at $6 a, a bushel, a bundle, a, a barrel, a, a barn. What is it? Six, yeah, a bushel, yeah. $6 a bushel, which yeah, is very expensive. That. So what could we do? I mean, if there's if there's a lobby that really needs help right now. And this was my hunch. If there's a lobby that really needs help right now, how could we really make these guys blow us, like really, really blow us, give them some subsidies to make them blow us even more by taking out their false teeth, and uh, at the same time look like heroes because we save the world from starvation? And I was thinking, is it actually pun- it's running? Uh, it looks like it's running eight dollars a bushel. So it's it's heating up. Here's yeah. here's my prediction for the red book, and um, I'm very happy. And this is what you want to write down, John. The company is Celanese, C E L A N E S E. And here's a report from just six weeks ago on Fox News with the CFO of Celanese. Oh, I appreciate it. 
So did you know you can use natural gas to make ethanol? We were just talking about what we could use all this cheap natural gas for. Celanese Corporation has technology now to do that, to make ethanol from natural gas, and they say it's cheaper than corn. Steven Steren is Celanese Corporation's CFO and the president of their advanced fuel division. He joins us from Dallas. Thank you so much for joining us, because I have covered energy for a long time, and I did not know that you could use natural gas to make ethanol. Are there a lot of people out there doing this? Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's really an honor to be with you. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it's not a surprise that a lot of people don't know about this because this breakthrough uh, is, a, is a recent and new breakthrough for Selenies, and it's uh, proprietary to our, our technology base. So there is my hunch paying off. There is a technology to create uh, ethanol from natural gas, which now is under $3 a, a, a megabut. And it has to be at least $3 for it to make sense. We've got all this infrastructure, all these pipelines being put in place. What better scenario can you imagine than stop the presses, save the world, feed everybody, lower the price of corn, push the subsidies over here. We've got it. We have all this natural gas, which will still be, you know, it's going to benefit everybody because once the price goes up, it doesn't just go up in America. It goes up everywhere. Everybody freaking rocks. We finally got natural gas at a price where we can clean up. Yeah, part of the great natural gas scam. By the way, there's another company called Carbon Sciences. You want to unplug your uh, microphone? Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I sent you to a website. You're still using Firefox or whatever, or Chrome, and then it uh, it went all helium. How long does it take to unplug the microphone? Okay, I'm back. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. Am I back? Yep. No. You're back. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'll be back in a second. Okay. Meanwhile, can you hear me? Yeah, can I can. I can hear you. No problem. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, here's the point. Carbon Sciences, another company, which I did go. I just, yeah, I hit a video. Yeah, this would cause the problem. But did, did this work? Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound good. Uh, this is what it is. Then this damn audio's got a bad driver. Okay. So Carbon Sciences turns natural gas into gasoline. Wouldn't that be like a better solution than running on this low energy methanol? Ethanol? Yeah, but, but that's the next step. First, we've got to get because they'll get the subsidies for the ethanol, and then once it, all they need is the price to go. We've been tracking this for months now, John. All we need is the price for natural gas to go up. These guys have been trying everything. There's too much of it. The, the, what better way than to have the government help you set the price? Yeah, well, that's true. Put it in the red book. Well, I don't know. What am I putting in the red book, though? What's your prediction? You, you, that the corn guys are going to get more money? No. That See, the, that's my prediction. No, 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 no. That the uh, the natural gas guys will be allowed to make ethanol that they, we will they're then... They're already allowed no, to they're, make... No, they're not allowed. They're not allowed. Wrong, 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 wrong. Listen. Words, but um, let me ask you, you say that there is one thing that's standing in the way, though, and this is kind of the important point, um, is yeah. that th the government is blocking you from doing this versus making ethanol out of corn. Is that true? Yeah, you know, that, that's really the unfortunate part. What? You know, as we think that uh, technology like this, you, you know, you mentioned having plentiful natural gas, but trying to find a way to use the natural gas. Uh, we, we can do that today. Our technology is ready to go. In fact, because of the renewable fuel standard, 
Uh, we're not allowed to participate in the market in the United States, but we've gotten tremendous interest from other countries oh, around really? the world, and we're already, yeah, we're already building a plant uh, in China uh, that will start up next year. But you know, we really want to see this technology uh, be considered in the U.S. because it is, it adds jobs, thousands of jobs per facility uh, when you do the construction. There you go. It's not a biofuel. But that doesn't mean you can't make it. Yeah, but it won't. What he's talking about is participating in some government money scam. Thank you. This is what I'm talking about. This is the legislation that will come down. This is this. I'm telling you, this to alleviate we're out of control. Well, duh. But this is There's a money making no opportunity. That we're throwing money around to make these bullcrap fuels and losing our ass in the process. The taxpayers are in the hole. The economy's in a tailspin, and this sort of thing should be stopped immediately. Yeah, but that would make sense, and that that is not going to happen. And, yeah, natural gas is really cheap right now. It's amazingly cheap. It's so cheap that it's almost depressed. And uh, you can uh, do a lot with it. You can make gasoline out of it. You can make methanol out of it. You can make ethanol out of it. You know, it's a hydrocarbon with the same with the same chains of, you know, uh, carbons and hydrogens that go right through, goes right to a refinery. You can crack it and punch it and kick it, and it comes out whatever you want it to be. <laughs> All I'm saying is that they need to have this. They need the tipping point to get the gas price up, and this will be the tipping point. The process, and by the way, this is why I say Celanese or whatever that other company is, we've got to invest in them because it's going to go, it's going to skyrocket. It's going to skyrocket once this has been approved because they apparently have patented the process. It's a Dallas company. Hello. Yeah, Dallas companies are all in the oil somehow or other. Mm hmm. And then, of course, we can run our cars entirely on natural gas. I mean, uh, obviously. And but let me ask you another question. If natural gas is so cheap, why is propane so expensive? Uh, that I do not know. Propane is outrageously expensive. If you want to get just a bottle of propane for... Uh... Yeah, I know. I think we brought this up before. No, I don't no, think actually, we it was, no, no, it was it was Horowitz who brought it up on the, the DHM Plug show. Yeah, so what's he up with that? He was mentioning about the fact that those little cans that you put on your barbecue are tripled like, in price in the like, last like, year. It's like 27 bucks or 30 bucks just for a refill. Yeah. There's there's no way is there, uh, is there 10 megabutes in that. Yeah, well, it's probably a scam. It's probably some sort of a lockdown. <laughs> yeah, it's a scam right. involved here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to keep my eye on it because I think that uh, I, I think that that's what's going to happen. Is they're going to say, okay, to alleviate all these problems with food because we're all starving. That's what they're saying. We're starving. The world is starving. We're going to let. We're going to change the rules so that the natural gas guys can also uh, be a part of the government scam, which is going up to 15 percent ethanol in the gasoline. And you go, you can make that from natural gas. We're going to see this big bonanza. The price of natural gas will go up. Okay, so Selenese Corporation is selling at $41.17 as we speak. And it's been as high as 50 recently. Let's take a look at the max Let me on look this. at the board of directors for a second. Let me see who's on the Crashed board. Crashed big time in 2008. Well, that's when the gas prices Al- crashed. Already skyrocketed back up. It's pretty high now. I don't know if it's going to go crazy. Let's see. James Bartlett. He used to be Telus. This is all VC. Uh, oh, Galileo. He was a part of Galileo International, wasn't that the uh, the scam uh, the scam guy, the the Indian guy? I don't know that. I don't know. Mm. 
Doesn't ring a bell. Let's see. Another director here, Life Technologies Corporation, Global Finance, mm-hmm, McKinsey. Okay, some pretty good directors they've got here. 3M Corporation. Well, something's kind of up because the giveaway here is the, for example, the chief financial officer makes a million. The <laughs> chief operating officer makes $1.4 million. The CEO, yeah, 95000 yeah, and how many stock options does he well, have? Well, that's the point. Yeah. So obviously he's betting on the company. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm only going to take that like Bill, J- Steve Jobs has done yeah. this, Bill Gates. I don't even get I can't pay $10 a year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what bull crap. <laughs> and look what it got him now. Six feet under. Well, Jobs, not Gates. Oh, sorry. So anyway, um, all right. Well, that's a good bet. I'll put Selenies down as a... Selling these. Yeah, something to watch. Discuss that with Horowitz, will you? Mm-hmm. Where, where's his uh, scam idea, by the way? He was going to, he had some idea for us. Has he come? Oh, it was an app. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> app. <laughs> Funny Horowitz. app. It's Horowitz. not like, but there's no money. I mean, it's Horowitz. like, a, you know, if we made uh, $100 a year on this app, it'd be a miracle. Horowitz. Go back inside. Go back inside. Don't worry. All is well. There will be no app. I'm not going to make an app. There's no money in apps. Oh, well. Please. He likes the idea. Okay. So uh, it will be discussed at a future date when, but as it goes further along. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so where where are we? Well, we're somewhere in the middle. We're at the uh, the corn thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got a couple stories then. All right. Uh,. Oh, by the way, I got a, a clip for you for your uh, collection of evergreen uh, sound effects. Oh, 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 oh. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, no. Evergreen guns. <laughs> ah, yes. We needed this one. Oh, huh? that's, a, that's a horrible cutoff. Uh, you, can, you can round it off yourself. You got an editor. I'm not going to sit there and fine tune the, the thing for you. I can change. You want me to change? Yeah, I can. I can make it so yeah. it sounds perfect. If, yeah, produce it a little bit. I mean, this is uh, like I did produce. It. It's called clip. No, see, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It worked for me. Uh, all right, thanks. So now there's the story. You know the story about the blasphemy, the little girls who apparently this was a horrible story, but it's but it's interesting because they leave out some of the details in the American media. There's a little 11-year-old apparently who's been arrested in Pakistan for blasphemy, mm-hmm. even though she didn't do anything. And but what she was caught, her neighbor, some the or the landlord from the shack, they they live in a in a hellhole in Pakistan. That's the sound effect. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, distant guns in the distance. Uh, yeah. Apparently saw her throwing out the garbage or something, and there was a, a not a Koran, but a, a study guide to the Koran that had burnt pages. So he immediately, I'm trying to, I did believe me, I could have had all these clips. He decides to turn her in to the authorities for blasphemy. Because she burned the pages. Well, he no, he assumed she did, somebody did. Mm-hmm. But she was throwing it out, this, this study guide. So what do they do? They stone her? They were going to. The whole town was going to come in and, and lynch her. <laughs> and stone her in the spot. Nice. But then the authorities awesome. took her to a, a, a high-security prison uh-huh. where she now sits, and the family's been removed for their own protection because the town is up in arms. And this is, of course, a, 
a, a story that's getting international attention and headlines because it demeans the Pakistanis, which is part of a part bigger of, picture part scheme. Of the that's up. Yeah. That's up. Now, but the, but the one little detail for some reason that they because I guess you, you have to be careful you don't outrage the public too much. See if you can spot the detail that has really been left out of the blasphemy story. Uh, in this clip. State Department spokesperson Victoria Nuland called on Pakistan to investigate the case in a transparent manner. We would call on the Pakistanis to have that investigation in a transparent way and we think that the President's statement is very, very welcome. And we urge the government of Pakistan to protect not just its religious minority citizens but also women and girls, Nuland said. What? Also, That's the clip? Ah. That's all I got. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> well, that's Lisa Matt. That was my punchline. Their whole joke is missing. Okay, here's. I'll tell you what it was. That, that's terrible. Hey, yeah, it's the same with the gun clip. You didn't end it right. No, this wasn't begun right. Oh. So anyway, so yeah, it's balanced. It's balanced. It's, <laughs> it's balanced. Know. It sucks both ways. Good. Yeah. All right. Tell okay, me. Here, tell me. Okay. It was left out of the American story. Some people have heard the story. Is that woman, the little girl, the little eleven-year-old, has Down syndrome? You're kidding me. No. Well, then they, had, sh- they should stone her immediately just for that. <laughs> you kidding? She has Down syndrome. She's 11, and they got they're, they're arrested her for blasphemy. What is wrong with these people? Well, you know what's really good about that? She could work for the Department of Justice. Okay, you can take it from here. Yes. There is a... Um, I'm going to bring this up. This is the a memo from the Department of Justice, and uh, they have uh, requested that, uh, what is it called? Hiring of Persons with Targeted Disabilities Policy is the title of this document, and uh, it's uh, pursuant to President Obama's Executive Order 13548, requiring that federal agencies become model employers of Americans with disabilities and achieve compliance with President Clinton's executive order, 13163, which called for an additional 100,000 persons with disabilities to be employed. Uh, targeted disabilities defined. These are the people that they want to go after to work at the Department of Justice. And I think it's actually uh, spot on. I think this is exactly the people they should bring in. Uh, people with, uh, let's here's the list, and the memo is in the show notes, of course. We always have the PDFs all marked up for you. People with total deafness in both ears with or without understandable speech. We should bring those in. People with blindness, the inability to read ordinary size print, not correctable by glasses or no usable vision beyond light perception. Uh, people with epilepsy. Consultant. Oops, sorry. Uh, people with severe intellectual disability. I think that's actually for attorney general, that position. Yeah. And my favorite, dwarfism. And they actually said it is okay to go and recruit these people before we make this public. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you get the, now I've never had memo of the day. <laughs> Really? <laughs> we don't have that board, uh, but you got the memo of the day on me there. Uh, I got a couple of off the wall clips coming up, but th- this was uh, that's is, the memo of the day. Is that unbelievable or what? So I, they want to hire people that can't read or write, essentially, and yes. are blind, yeah. and can't hear, yeah, well, and are idiots, and are dwarfs. And they want to put them in the Department of Justice, <laughs> and they're dwarfs. <laughs> well, 
I mean, I'm I'm all for uh, people with disabilities or work in the workplace. I have absolutely yeah, I no have problem, problem with that, that either. But this seems a little extreme. What you're looking for? I mean, I, maybe a, somebody in a wheelchair, or you know, there's all kinds of disabilities. A guy with you know, uh, the, people with no. There's a couple. Somebody had their legs blown off in Afghanistan. You know, people like that should be hired. There's uh, there's a, there's there's more here. Uh, other current severe physical, intellectual, or mental conditions. We just want people who are mental. But I, I don't understand why you'd want people that are di- mentally disabled in a government bureaucracy. Well, maybe it's just because of it's birds of a feather. I, I don't know. I think the severe intellectual. There's too many jokes here that yeah, you can use. I think the severe intellectual disability is is the best one. That's you know that's what the entire department is. This is your government at work. Yeah. What I wow. don't like about it is that uh, it, it discriminates against a lot of other people. Uh, particularly that, you know, go out and recruit these people before we even make it public that we're looking for them. Yeah, that's isn't that isn't that like reverse discrimination? It's discrimination, period. It's not reverse. Hmm. All right. Okay, so I got a few off the wall things that are interesting. Uh, For one thing, I might as well get into it now. As soon as I heard this clip, I went, okay, uh, Looks like Wesley Clark was right. Lebanon is underway. Ah. <laughs> it's begun. As predicted, yes. ...by government forces. But it's the spillover of violence into Lebanon which has the UN appealing for international support to stop the situation from deteriorating. At least 10 people have been killed and dozens injured in the northern city of Tripoli in the last few days. Our correspondent Barbara Plett is there and has filed this report on the fears that old rivals may be reignited. Two days of intense fighting in Tripoli pitted minority Alawites against majority Sunnis. They live next to each other in densely populated neighborhoods. Tripoli has seen these flare-ups before. The grievances go back decades. Gunmen patrol the streets claiming to act in defense of their communities. I am defending my own area. I am just defending my neighborhood. No one should come to threaten us. We are not going to wait for anyone to protect us. We have to protect ourselves. Yeah, so uh, you cheap bastard. That's where you got this the gun sound effect from. No wonder you couldn't round it off nicely. She talks over it. Hey, not to sit there and criticize your co-host. I just she, gave it to you. I, thought, I would give it as a she, gift. I thought it'd be something you'd appreciate. You could put it in your arsenal of guns. But it was sounds. like it wasn't like a ring. But no, it was like no, a cig- you throw it back. Oh, you took it from them. Oh, I see why you couldn't fix it. It was like a cigar band, not a diamond ring. It wasn't. It wasn't a real gift. It was. It was, it was a gift. It was, that went through all the trouble of you, cutting it out of that you clip. You spent thirty seconds going. Oh, I might as well just rip this off here. Oh well, it, it ends kind of funky. I mean, do, do I have to play that again? How stupid your guns are. It's no, really, go on it's, with your thing really about bad. Lebanon. Well, this may be part of the reason why we're uh, ramping up. We've sent another carrier out to, uh, I, f- I believe, a carrier from Washington State uh, over to the Middle East four months before the planned deployment. Now, these uh, these uh, guys and gals on the ships at sea have been on the ships at sea forever. They come home, they're like, ah, finally have a beer. You know, it's like uh, have a little bit of uh, get some whoopee, and now they're back on it. And Panetta 
This is the best propaganda piece I have uh, for today's show. Panetta goes out and and really riles him up. And listen to the commentary uh, and the propaganda in this. The top story this noon, a visit from Defense Secretary Leon Panetta. He spoke to sailors on board USS John C. Stennis this morning. King Fest Jake Wittenberg was there. He is live now in Bremerton. And uh, Jake, the carrier's deployment was uh, bumped up by four months, huh? Huh? It definitely was. That was a hardship for a lot of families. And one big reason that Secretary Panetta is here today to thank this crew and really give them a pep talk before deployment. You know, we saw a typical Leon Panetta today. He's very laugh laughable. He was very uh, smiley as talking. He was to laughable? The, some, I, he, I know. He said he was <laughs> laughable. <laughs> this guy really screws up the report. <laughs> of course, what he means is Panetta was in great spirit sending his, his, his the children of America off to, to war. He laughable. Yeah, I mean, great spirits. Go, kids, go. With the sailors here on board, but he was very serious with his message. The USS John C. Stennis strike group is needed in the Middle East. As we start uh, a drawdown process, the fact is we... Yeah, I love that. As we wait, start... Wait, 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 uh, yeah. wait. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, no, this... As we start a drawdown process, we're going to send more troops and more ships, and we're going to load up the place. Yeah, exactly. Wow. The, the fact is... We still confront wow. some heavy threats in the world. Oh. And you're the ones that are going to face those threats. And then they cut in this applause. Panetta addressed more than... We know, we know from our producers uh, in the services, they hate going to these. They don't want to look at this douchebag. They hate the guy. They do not like him at all. He's not an army guy. He's, not, he's a spook. They hate him, and they cut in some applause. 2,000 sailors at an all-hands call to thank them for their efforts. A lot of folks are very excited to see oh, him. Yeah, a lot of folks very excited to see him. And you see all these these poor sailors oh, yeah. going like, what am I <laughs> doing what, here? What, what, what is this guy going to make us do now? Stennis will join another carrier already in the Middle East, and Panetta says the strike group will face threats coming from places like Iran and Syria. He says, we've reached a turning point in the war, and the enemy is severely weakened. But it's been challenging. Well, are we at war in the Middle East now all of a sudden? We've reached a turning point in the war. Are we at war with Syria? Are we at war with Iran? Is that what he said? I don't know what he's saying. What is he saying? Well, what, where did you get this? From uh, Seattle News. Here, listen. Been aboard the Stennis. They've operated 70% of the time for the past two years and are now facing these back-to-back -back deployments. But the secretary says this is the time to show the world the U.S. is not slowing down. We're going to kick your ass, bitches. I understand. <laughs> That it's tough. We're asking an awful lot of each of you. But frankly, you are the best I have. And when the world calls, we have to respond. Shut up, slave. What world is calling? Hello, world here. <laughs> what world? When the world calls, what world is calling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello, Leon. It's the world calling. Hey, man, we need the best you got. Can you send them over? Because the war is at a turning point. Come on, man. Send them over. Douchebag. Okay, so well, let me just let me just. Douchebag. So let's go. Uh, let, I, let me jump to another clip that's kind of related, <clears throat> which I think is kind of, it's a funny clip. <coughs> Russia today has turned into an out and out propaganda tool for the Russian government. Yes. It's gone out of control. Yes. And and so they're doing everything they can, although they don't have market penetration enough so to have – nobody's listening to the, these shows.
at all. Especially <laughs> but, not from But to me, Hartman. they're like highly amusing because it's like, this is the best you can do. Yeah. They could do a lot better than this. This is the propaganda piece. It's called where they start to discuss the American empire and, what it, and how the Americans are so stupid. By the way, and you don't really uh, get people on your side in a propagandistic effort when you insult them. Tributor to anti Sorry? Yeah. War.com. All right, gentlemen, crosstalk rules in effect. That means you can jump in anytime you want. John, if I go to you first in Boston, how would you assess the state of American empire? Because we have a, a Democrat in power. It doesn't look that much different when a Republican was in power. So what is the state of the American empire in your mind? Well, it's nice to be on and uh, to join this discussion. I, I think uh, the very way you put it, uh, American empire, is uh, something that we don't often hear in the United States. For many people, the idea that we have a military empire, despite our 1,000 bases around the world, is uh, a new idea, or one that they might not have considered at all. But I think, well, you know, um, John, if I can ask you, why is, that, why is that the case, do you think? I mean, if, with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bases around the world, a global presence of a military that is not even com comparable to any other country in the world, in the history of the world, and Americans don't know about it? Well, I think in a certain way that that they don't. That if you ask people, uh, if you ask people how much we spend on our 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 military and our military reach, if you ask people how many bases we have around the world, most don't know. Most are surprised. But I think that is changing, and I think. Uh, it's changing across the board. As a matter of fact, although he won't win the Republican nomination for president, I think the the appearance of Ron Paul and the the libertarian sentiment, which is against these foreign interventions on on, on principle. So here we go. So the the one guy, the Russian guy, Russian Today guy, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, <laughs> and then they bring in Ron Paul at the end because that that constitutes hundreds. Are you kidding me? This is a classic lame attempt to turn around the you know the, the overall yeah we are an empire let's face reality it's not it's not news to anybody it, I mean it might be news to some guy who doesn't listen to no agenda or it might be news to somebody who doesn't care uh, one way or the other because it's not affecting them but is this the best they can do This is not subtle hmm. it's not entertaining it's almost the it's it's uh, it's insulting in a lot of ways mm -hmm. at a lot of different levels. I mean, these guys really are out to lunch. You know, it's interesting because uh, where RT is failing, uh, Russia is actually doing quite a good job. I was contacted by a bona fide KGB agent, John. Oh, cool. Yes. Uh, her name is Sarah, and uh, she contacted me. And, is she a babe? Well, she sent me pictures and... Holy smokes. In fact... Yeah, that, the Russians are good at this. Let me... Uh, I'm gonna, that, that's a plus. Well, yeah. So so she sent... So she's, and she's got red hair. I mean... It, it, so here's how I know she's KGB. So she sends me this whole analysis on Pussy Riot. Oh. And, uh, yeah. And, we can go into that in a minute. Yeah, well, I, this is exactly where I'm taking us. And, in fact, let me... I'm going to send you these pictures of her so you can see that. Uh, that'll probably screw is up your email? Skype. Yeah, it's an email, yeah. Or Skype. Email? Um, uh, email. Email. Hold on. Let me just see if this... Yeah, this is the one. This is the one. Hold on. If, forget about all the text because you know, we went back and forth a couple times. But she sent these pictures. And then when she sent the pictures, I said, hey, you know, 
with all your great analysis of uh, of Putin and Russia, and combined with these smoking hot pictures, you're KGB. <laughs> Doesn't end, take a genius. End of conversation. That was it. She's done. End of conversation. You outed her. You wait a minute. You you outed her as a KGB person. Then she stopped. Yeah. So I'm. She ho- didn't deny it. And no. They, no. no. What, are you crazy? I, no. I wish I was in KGB. There's a million ways to handle that. <laughs> no. Complete. So um, look at your email. So you this hit- is like when you find the guys out in front of the house. <laughs> You know, uh, spying on with, your, you know, yeah, waiting for you. With hey, sunglasses you on. Tailing me? Yeah. You tailing me? <laughs> and they go, uh, and they just go walk away. Yeah. Look at your email. I want you to see the picture. I'm, look, there it comes. Look the at one the one says, oh, Hillary in heels. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, look at the yeah, bottom. An, okay, let me look at, I'm going to look at one now. Wait for Yow. it. <laughs> nice body. <laughs> <laughs> She does look like she does have a Russian look. Come on, KGB, right? Total KGB. Yeah, but it's, it's again, and now see, I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with you on this. These photos are so, I don't know, 60s, 70s. No, they were recent. They're, if you read the email. No, no, I'm just saying the style. Yeah, but that's, well, hello, it's Russia. Yeah, the Russians are, and this is the same thing with RT. These guys are completely out of touch they make it with too modern easy. propagandistic methodology. <laughs> they make it too easy for us to see through it. So anyway. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've spot, you spotted it a mile away. It's KGB, right? You look at that and you go KGB. I would say okay. there's no rather thing going on here. All right. Yeah. So, And I showed it to Miss Mickey. I said, look, this is our listener. She went, mm. yeah, she went, uh, <laughs> went mm. 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 Nice anyway, legs. So I have found Pussy Riot's beard. Pussy Riot has a beard, John, and I'm going to use some of our KGB agents' analysis and some of my own. This is uh, Aaron Burnett, as we say in Texas, interviewing Pyotr Verles- uh, Verzilov, who is the Russian-Canadian husband of Nadia Tolokonikanova. And I want you to listen to what he says, and then I'm going to break it down some analysis. But first... It's always a wonderful time on the show when we hear the word pussy coming out of Aaron Burnett's mouth. And now our fourth story out front. Russia tonight warning Western countries against, quote unquote, hysterics over the pussy riot sentence. Did you hear how she said it this time? Pussy Hysterics? Ri- no, she said pussy riot. She yeah, literally was thinking, I was caught off guard by the hysterics. No, but listen to pussy riot. Pussy riot. I just love when she says pussy riot. And now our fourth story out front. Russia tonight warning Western countries against, quote unquote, hysterics over the pussy riot sentencing. Pussy riot. This is Russian police are on the lookout for two more members of the bank. Too hard. <laughs> pussy riot. Come on, man. It's funny. Keep going. Already three band members have been found guilty of hooliganism. This was Friday. For an- now, let me just stop right there as part of the analysis. First of all. Uh, Russia is very religious, and they do have hooliganism laws on the books, and there's it's it's very cut and dry, and you can actually get seven years for being a hooligan, and part of being a hooligan is going in and doing this kind of stuff in a church. It's a very, it's a very, very they've become very religious over the years. I have this on first-hand authority. Uh, not for my KGB friend Sarah, but I have this on uh, on good authority. 
So they did perform an act of hooliganism. That's the end of it. Of course, they were sent there by the State Department, and they only got two years. Anti-Putin performance in a Moscow cathedral. They have been sentenced to jail for two years, drawing worldwide condemnation and criticism of Vladimir Putin's strong-arm tactics. Nadia Tolokonikova, the most outspoken member of the band, reportedly yelled, We are happy because we brought the revolution closer as she was led away by police officers to serve her sentence. She won't see her husband or her four-year-old daughter. And out front tonight, her husband, Piotr. Well, um, tell me a bit about what... You're here tonight talking to us. You're, you're in Moscow. So is... I'm trying to, to think about how we should, we should understand this. I mean, your wife has been put in jail for two years. Now, before we continue, you have to understand that Pussy Riot has been doing this since 2007. At that time, they were known as the band Voina. And the band uh, actually split up, and Voina went their own way, and Pussy Riot went their way. Why? Because the remaining members of Voina said that this guy, the Beard, Vereslov, was a police informer and provocateur. And you can actually find this, I think this is even in the Book of Knowledge. So this guy was already a shill to start with. Remember, he's Russian-Canadian. And right. he, he was been in doing this for quite a while. Finally, he strikes some gold. And I think you know, if you keep on pushing and poking and pushing and poking, you're going to get nailed all of us, you know, finally. And uh, two years out of a possible seven is actually not all that bad. For singing a protest song against Vladimir Putin. Uh, you, though, are here speaking out against him and, and free in Moscow. Uh, is that something that is, is hopeful, that contradicts what your wife is going through? How yeah, yes, and let me say this does contradict. Because if Putin was really upset about this, if he really had anything to do with this, he would have killed them. He kills journalists. They send guys over with plutonium to go kill people in England. They don't mess around with two years in jail. This is a joke. Do you make sense of those two things? Well, you know, the Russian government obviously loves to oppress, harass, and basically imprison anyone who makes uh, very bright and critical and loud statements of Putin's and the government's activities. But there is a limit that this government can and cannot do right now. And basically, this amazing international outcry, which we've seen over the past several months uh, directed at the Pussy Riot case, happened because the whole world didn't expect Putin to cross this line and start to arrest people for singing protest songs inside a church. And, and Piotr, I know there's a, an appeal, or uh, how hopeful are you that 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 appeal might might go the other way. That Nadia might might be free. Is there any oh, hope? No, free Nadia. We think that Putin has made his, has said his word. He's voiced the girl's sentence, and uh, it's very unlikely that that's going to change in any way. So this uh, this and of course we already uh, discovered this and already discussed it that this is a scam. But this really is not all that much. What it is is a brilliant campaign from Clippity Clop. Uh, in the State Department, just brilliant, because what better way to get the tweeters and the Facebookers all riled up to be able to say, free pussy riot, free, yeah, yeah, change my icon, change meme. my icon to a pussy riot. Well, the one thing that's left out of all these reports seems to be the gay angle, which you kind of picked yes. up on. Yeah, about them being lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that's left out is the gang. Well, there's a couple of things I think we should at least bring the, our listening public up to speed on. 
and this was kind of brought up when they brought in uh, this woman, a gay uh, activist. The Pussy Riot Band is a gay activist band. That's what it Without is. Without an album, I might point out. They Listen did. to the uh, Odd Democracy Now! story about Pussy Riot. And the, the, here are the lyrics to the song they were singing. And this is a gay activist song is what it really is about, not Putin. And Red Hot Chili Peppers expressing support. On Ugh. Friday, just after the guilty verdict was announced, Democracy Now! spoke with feminist punk musician J.D. Sampson of the two bands, La Tigra and Men. We asked her to read some of the lyrics Pussy Riot performed during their punk prayer inside the church. Punk prayer. The song was called Punk Prayer. Virgin Mary, put Putin away. Virgin Mary, Mother of God, put Putin away. Put Putin away. Put Putin away. Black robe, golden epaulets, all parishioners crawl to bow. The phantom of liberty is in heaven. Gay pride sent to Siberia in chains. The head of the KGB, their chief saint, leads protesters to prison under escort in order not to offend his holiness. Women must give birth and love. Virgin Mary, Mother of God, become a feminist. Become a feminist. Become a feminist. Oh. Now, uh, this, is, this woman that came on is... Free pussy riot! Free pussy riot! This woman that came on is... is not only a gay, a lesbian, but she is, uh, she has this new, there's a thing that a lot of them do. They take a lot of uh, androgel and then they grow mustaches. She had a full mustache. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you take for that? You take androgel because there's a, there's a phenomenon in the gay community and it's in Wikipedia. It's called lesbian bed death. Oh my God, John. What, what, what have you been doing with your time? Lesbian bed death. I got a lecture about this. Lesbian bed death seems to happen to gay female couples after their two or three months in bed together. Oh they god. lose all interest in sex completely, oh. really quickly. Oh my god! This is and uh... it's called lesbian bed death. And to fight it, one of the two couples takes testosterone, which has also been in the news for baseball players. And when you take testosterone, you grow a mustache. And the, normally, you, women always have a little bit of testosterone. But if you take androgel, which is a pump that you you put on your outs, you, you just pump it on yourself and you rub it in, and it goes through your skin. When you take uh, that by with any large amount of dose, dosage, you grow the mustache and you become very aggressive sexually. Uh, well, now first of all, I want it to be known that after this program, I'm going to call my lesbians, and I'm going to get a full first-hand download on the lesbian bed death. I have never heard of this. I've seen it in the Book of Knowledge. And uh, according to the study that Schwartz and Bloomstein did, they concluded that lesbian couples in committed relationships have less sex than any other type of couple, heterosexual married, heterosexual cohabitating, or gay male, and generally experience less sexual intimacy the longer the relationship lasts after the question, quote, about how often during the last year have you and your partner had sex, sex relations. Very interesting. So then they take the androgel. Wow, this is, <clears throat> is that covered by uh, health care? Is that part of the female health care decision? It might well be, as a matter of fact. And that may be the connection that we had at the beginning of the show. The female health, the women's health care uh, decisions. We can't make those. I, don't, I can't even grow a mustache if I try. My goodness. <laughs> Some and so there's a lot of this. I'm sorry. There's a lot of this that's not being covered. 
and and they're and people are easily distracted by the free pussy riot meme as you are uh, but there's more I'm not distracted I've completely uh, deconstructed it meme. I just love the uh, Aaron Burnett saying pussy that's all yeah, well, I, it's just definitely entertaining. Yeah. But anyway, so there's something going on here. And, and you're right. Putin's got nothing to do with this. Nothing at all. He, he would kill he them. Care? He would kill them in a second. This guy doesn't care about them. No. But uh, so is then, so you take the androgel, you grow a mustache, you become very aggressive sexually, and that rekindles the yeah. the yeah. lovemaking? Is as that long the as deal? one of the two partners is all cranked up on androgel, I think they're great. <laughs> Wow. Juiced up. This is the juice, man. It's the juice. This stuff is the future. And testosterone. <laughs> so what if I take it? Will I become You're, really It would be great for you. What do you mean? What's wrong You're... with me? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. Shut up and take your androgel, slave. Wow. How should this medicine be used? It comes as a gel to apply to the skin. Oh, so you apply it right to your upper lip and you get, and that's a... Uh, no, put it in your upper lip. <laughs> well, it says it right here. No, it doesn't say that. Androgel comes as a gel applied to the skin. Yeah, not the upper lip. Where do you it's apply it? Specific parts of the body that are that absorb through the skin the, uh, the, the chemical you need. You can apply androgel anywhere on your shoulders, upper arms, or abdomen between your chest and your waist. Huh. Be careful not to get testosterone gel in your eyes. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. I just grew hair in my eyes. <laughs> if you do get testosterone gel in your eyes, wash them right away with warm, clean water. Call a doctor if your eyes become irritated or if you grow hair. Wow. Well, this is uh, fascinating stuff. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Lesbian bed death. Wow. <laughs> Lesbian bed I'm death. I'm putting that right under the pussy Putin thing and androgel this is uh wow john you've trumped me this is very good stuff but i am going to talk to my lesbians because they'll know about this for sure oh yeah they'll say oh yeah that's oh, a problem haven't you seen me shaving bitch shut up kick your ass wow never heard of that before so uh Onward. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> we, you know, once in a while I come up with something. That's very so, good. That very but I'm good. listening to a lot of foreign, as we've discussed on the show before, I listen to a lot of foreign uh, broadcasts. And I've got a kind of a clue. You know, Indians do not donate to the show. No, they are. Uh, by the way, before we go any further, I would like to say that I really liked uh, Sir Kent's wife and his father-in-law Jacob. He made uh, he was very generous. Made fantastic martinis for us, and and what we are about to discuss has no bearing on them. Are they Indians? Duh. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, he knows what I'm talking. They're all about. doctors, so by the way, and they were so all here's, just to complete here, the complete. Now, tell me if you, they were they were all doctors. Yes, yeah, Sir, Sir Kent is a doctor. Doctors, or they're engineers, or they're uh, uh, they're actually their their culture allows them to be incredible microprocessor designers. Well, Sir They've basically taken over the, the business. Sir Kent does internal medicine. Uh, his wife is a, um, um, I think she's, she might be a gynecologist. Not, Did they cook Indian food for you? Uh, they had Indian snacks for us, yeah. Mm, it was man. very nice, which was like, it was like, uh, what was that? You know, those like roasted peanuts, and then they had um, something yeah. else was like like roasted rosemary or something it was oh, little sticks it was it was outstanding it was so good All so right. there's a couple of clips i want to get out of the way before we get to the second half of the show okay. um 
One is the, I don't want to set this up. This is the, the clip about, there's a bunch of rioting going on in Assam, part of India. And it's, a, it's a, you look into it, there's all kinds of different reasons for it. I haven't really gotten to the bottom of it. But it turns out that, uh, I don't know who's responsible, who's really behind it, whether it's clippity-clop or whoever, but it's the techno experts that have created this problem. And if you listen to this report, you see this thing running at full tilt. The entire methodology that we've talked about on this show for years is now appearing as in, as India? in different, different parts of the world as a troublemaking scheme. And the joke of it, the real joke of it, is these idiots in India think that this is a new thing that's only happened to them and has never happened anyplace else in the world. Play this clip. If I only knew which one. Techno experts in India. <laughs> Jeez. Groups in the panic that led to the internal exodus of thousands last week. As many as half a million Northeasterners across the country had abandoned the jobs and left for home over fears that they were being targeted. Our political editor Smitha Prakash has this report. The crisis in northeastern India state of Assam has now turned into one of cyber terrorism. The violence and fear-mongering was sparked by morphed photographs misrepresenting victims of earthquakes and ethnic clashes in Thailand and Myanmar as incidents that happened in India. The Department of Telecom has identified about 250 websites and blogs that had allegedly posted the gory pictures. They were passed off as a result of ethnic riots in Assam in northeast India and then transmitted via text messages to millions of Indians in different parts of the country, triggering the panic. More than 60 million text messages were allegedly sent out on August 13th alone. The government has traced the deeds to two radical outfits, the Popular Front of India based in South India and Bangladesh-based Harkat-ul-Jihad al-Islami or Huji. The SMSs were bounced through several countries to avoid detection. That the Bangalore rumor event is not an isolated event. It is part of a broader design of cyber war which is targeted at India. Clearly, for the first time in the history of the Internet, this kind of misuse of mobile technologies and the cyber technologies has happened which is aimed to destabilize a particular portion of the people. It may, it may or may not be related, um, but the State Department just announced on Tuesday uh, Turkmenistan uh, will be providing India with national, natural gas through the uh, TAPI pipeline. So I don't know if it's related, but you know maybe someone in the Indian government is uh, is yeah, not playing along. There's a, big, there's a huge scandal going on. I think the other thing, which the other story about India, may be more related, which I'll get to in a minute. But I want to get back to this. Okay, so they this is the same uh, scam that went on in Syria. If you remember yeah. when this thing first yeah. broke out, fake photos from Iraq. Yep. Being distributed as photos in Syria, Homs was the go. Oh, look at yep. all these dead bodies! And it was yep. like, and somebody dug up the fact that this is bullcrap. Yep. So now they're pulling this stunt, and I'm still stunned by this guy saying, "Now the first time in the history of the internet, bullcrap." But anyway, if they want to f believe that's that, well, he's not but a these listener. guys, these guys went through a lot of trouble. I mean, they went through proxies and everything else to not get. But they did find out who they were, maybe. That could also be bullcrap. I just found this whole thing to be fascinating. And this is going on in India right now. There's a bunch of uh, 
of cyber, what they call cyber war. And I think that's a pretty good definition of it. You send out 60 million text messages (laughs) linking to these photos. That only reaches like a village in India. Well, but it's a lot of, but, you know, they pass it on. Look at my phone. Look at these pictures. They're killing us. So, um... Well, they get what they deserve. They don't listen to the show. They don't donate. Then you get uh, indoctrinated, stupid slaves. You got to participate so in the, the, in the meantime. Mo- there's a huge scandal in India that may be related to the Turkmenistan thing. <clears throat> the Prime Minister Singh, who we, you know nobody talks about in the West, <coughs> but this is the guy. He's a Sikh, I believe, because mm-hmm. uh, he wears the turban. And oh, he, well, that uh, ties in nicely. He yeah. is under. He is under extreme attack for for sexual corruption that's going on. And they this report, which starts with the with somebody bitching about him, it's actually longer than I cut it way down. Uh, bitching about him. And then they talk about the famous two G scandal that took place in India that we don't know anything about, which is a, which is a phone licensing scam that that netted a group of people thirty billion dollars. And Ooh. this is a bigger. They're, they're, this, this country is out of control. It's no, nobody in the United States is reporting on any of it. This prime minister is toast if this continues. See, to the House is adjourned because we demanded that the prime minister should resign. This is very imminent. This is the demand of the nation because people are shocked to see one after another scams in which this UPA regime is looting the country. Prime Minister Singh's Congress party said it was ready for a discussion on the issue in Parliament and also hit back, saying that the BJP should look at its own role in the allocation of coal blocks when they led a coalition government. The presumptive loss of the coal auction scam is a tad higher than that of what was considered as India's biggest swindle, the 2G scam. So all this kind of thing is going on and none of it is, we have no clue about any of this. Uh, Well, we can't understand them. That's well, part of the problem. <laughs> well, I can translate. It's very hard to understand. It's terrible. I watch this show and I'm going, oh, I'm going to get a clip. I don't know if people are going to be able to understand these guys. Anyway, the prime minister, they're calling for his resignation. Okay, so it's possible. I think it might be related. This guy, well, it's an energy play, so that's possible. Yeah, exactly. So this guy is, is obviously taking money from somewhere, and the whole idea of the TAPI pipeline, Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, uh, that's that's why we've had you know 4,000 boys and girls killed, millions of Iraqis, all, you know, this whole Afghanistan mess is just for the stupid pipeline. Uh, he's, you know, now the pipeline's there. He's like, I don't want your stinking pipeline. And then they've got to get rid of them. So how do you get rid of them? You bring in the techno experts. Well, something's up. Well, uh, but I, uh, I think we should not uh, follow up on this. Because <laughs> they don't care. They no, just, they don't. They don't but, you know, it's kind of still kind of going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. The Indians don't care. Before, before I uh, start naming our people for today's show, I want to play a clip, which is uh, Gwen Eiffel. Again, who I, this is PBS. This is where people send their, lots of money to. They have lots of sponsors. They got underwriters and all this. I just want to play what I consider a corrupt report by Gwen Eiffel when she discusses that idiot that we talked about earlier in the show, Aiken and his rape, legitimate, illegitimate rape thing. And because there's a, there's a, there's a point of information here that is 
purposely left out. And you have to remember that Gwen is the one. She seems like a very sweet woman, by the way, and a good reporter. But she's the one who wrote the hate <laughs> geography. Not. She's not. That's the problem. She might not be. She, she wrote the Hey Geography of uh, Obama, Obama, and she's a huge Obama supporter, and this is the kind of report we get from her. Impregnated by rape, apologized, but said he would not be forced from the campaign. The resulting uproar has pleased Democrats and enraged Republicans, including other lawmakers and fundraisers. Incumbent Missouri Senator Claire McCaskill, a Democrat, has said Republicans should accept Aiken's apology. I think what's startling to me me is that these um, party bigwigs are coming down on him and saying um, that he needs to kick sand in the face of the Republican primary voter. But party leaders, including Missouri Senator Roy Blunt and former Senators Kit Bond, John Ashcroft, John Danforth, and Jim Talent, all called for Aiken to step aside. So what are they missing? Hey, how about mentioning that the Claire McCaskill clip that went on and on and on about how they should forgive this guy and let him do his own thing. She's the guy, the person running against him. <laughs> minor detail. A minor detail. She's the one who's, who she said, yeah, let's run this idiot. Hey, why don't you guys leave him alone? I'd like to see, I'd like to be running against him. That's never mentioned. She's like an objective observer she's making this comment. That's bull crap. This is like the most slanted thing I've seen on the on this news hour for a long time. And it's so subtle. It was really disgusting. And how much money do they get from the government and how much money do people millions. give them? Yeah, millions. Yeah. All right, let's uh, look at our donors for today. Okay, so anyway, after that little irksome yeah. clip, sorry mm-hmm. I got worked up. Raymond Williams, Lafayette, Louisiana, $100. Uh, no comment from him that I see. Larry Lee, Sir Larry Lee to you, in Granite uh, Shoals, I guess, Texas. Granite something. Yeah, I think it's yeah. This is your share of the $3,000 I won on the Texas Lottery <laughs> Scratch-Off game. Wow. This is what our knights get because they get, you know, they're knights. They get good luck happens to them. I scratched off four lines in a row to win, you know, so I got back all four, the money I've donated nines. to the show plus a thousand dollars. Four nines, not lines, nines. Oh, four nines, as in niner, 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 niner. Oh, oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Four nines in a row, so I got back all the money I donated to the show, which is lots plus a thousand dollars. Nice. That's how. That's how, we, that's how we roll. That's the way it works. Please give me a ringtone. Uh, in the morning, shut up, slave. Two to the head, karma shot, whatever. Okay, here we go. In the morning. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Yeah, that won't irritate as a ringtone. <laughs> you ought to hear my ringtone. It's really irritating. We did get some checks. I want to get to those right away because one of them is ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, niner, 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 niner. This is from Bob Holmes, no relation to Patsy, uh, at <laughs> HolmesRealEstate.com. And he just wanted a niner, niner, niner. And he said, good lucks. Good lucks to us. Thank you very much. Uh, also, uh, Jerry Byfield in Huntington Beach, California. Mm-hmm. He gave us uh, 6969. So, well, hold on. <laughs> Was that the it's only one? It's always good to get these checks. Was that the only one for today, I guess, huh? 
Is it? No, there's a couple yeah, more. No. no, 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 no. Oh, maybe there is. Yeah, yeah okay. there's a bunch. Yeah. All right. Sorry. You're right. Uh, dear John and Ab, love the show. I had a serious satellite radio at one time. I did like the music s- stations, but on the other hand, it was filled with Fox News and our national treasure, Tom Hartman, <laughs> oh. which I got sick of hearing his love for Obama real fast. Instead of paying for serious all this time, I should have been getting real value for value with you guys. I'm just glad I discovered you on my Roku. Mm, that there you From, go. That's cool. How do you get on the Roku? Yeah. Uh, someone made us a channel on the Roku. It's all our previous episodes, all the artwork, and the live stream. Really? Yep. I told five friends about the podcast, and they have ter- in turn told me they have become big fans themselves. Oh, well, this is a, everyone should do that today. Tell five of your friends and lose four. <laughs> well, at least know who your real friends are. Can he, he want some karma for his hot MILF wife, Nicole, and John Hutzman, Zapota Ha Chin Ching for me? Okay. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. And then the last check came $75 from Philip and Barbara Starr. Oh, well. uh, we, the stars, mm-hmm, the star family. We are in desperate need of some super karma. Ooh. Our battle with the board of directors over selling off our most precious assets, our camp properties, mm. is coming to an end. Oh. We put our hearts and souls into this fight. These properties were not purchased in order to be sold for executives' golden parachutes. Wow. That doesn't sound good. He has a tref, trefoilintegrity.org. T-R-E-F-O-I-L integrity.org. <coughs> she needs a karma shot for super sure. Super karma. Super karma. You've got karma. Uh, Spyro Zephyrus in Perth, our favorite town, 6971. Uh, he sent an email to you. Uh, in the morning, dudes from Perth on the wild west, on the wild, wild west of the Gitmo Nation down under. By the time you get to read this out, us Aussies will be well and truly into our second or third REM cycle of sleep as the stream goes live around midnight our time. I plan to finish the night in the company of a few glasses of Johnny Walker Gold to set me up for some sleep before you guys do your thing. Please accept my donation of sixty nine seventy one, which I am making for my brother Angelo Zafiris, who is celebrating his 42nd birthday tomorrow, the 24th of August. Why sixty nine seventy one? Because it's a sixty nine sixty nine with the two cent two C Itisons watching. I'd like to call out John Gugulus, Bevan Napier, and Angelo as douchebags. Douchebags. For their ongoing reluctance to wake up from their zombie-like boner states and enter a more enlightened donating state of consciousness. The douches and I love what you do and how you do it. You are the best podcast in the universe. The best podcast in the universe. Okay. <laughs> the kazoo rises. Matt, kazoo rising. There you go. I like that. Kazoo rising. Matt Milligan, Sparks, Nevada, sixty nine, sixty nine. I have got two co co-workers, Dave and Mike, to listen to the show a few times and want to call them out as douchebags for not donating even Douche though they bag. love the commentary. Yep. Second hot pocket. Next hot pocket store should go through Sparks, Reno. Third, sure. can you send a shot stay in the oven karma for my wife and our growing human resources? <laughs> stay in the oven. Stay, stay in the oven. Is that the uh, stay in the oven karma? Is that what you want? 
Yeah. Oh, stay in the oven. You've got karma. Finally, Obama came to Reno Tuesday and he decided to do something he'd never done before. Protest. I happen to be wearing the No Agenda shirt. The government's protecting and serving the shit out of you. Yeah, I love that and one. made a cardboard sign saying Obama murdered American Anwell Al-Awlaki. <laughs> I spoke about the murder of him and his son with no trial or concrete evidence and all the bull crap that the government does with the drones. My little escapade got quite a reaction from Obama supporters. Huh. Really? Yes, the news got some decent video pictures and quotes that luckily misspelled my name so my wife would save some embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, it got in the news. It wasn't me, man. <laughs> good work. <laughs> yeah, very good work. Love that. Maxwell Roberts, Crown Point, Indiana. 6969, first and foremost, big karma to Scott McLaughlin, who is heroically guarding the poppies without me. Right on, Scott. John, please break down the differences between salts. There are about 25 different choices in my local grocery store, ranging from Mediterranean, Pacific, Northwest, French Coast, ah. etc. Is this a scam or are there differences? Okay, here's what All I... All right, hold on. Uh, let, let me do some background music. This is going to take a while, people. Oh, God. No, it's not. Oh, please. Okay, uh, you know, salt is sodium chloride, but there's but the mineral salts that you can get that are natural sea salts have magnesium and some other chemicals in them. But if you want the gourmet salt, you have to find it. You can find it inexpensively. Usually, Portuguese have some that's pretty good. You want flor de sel, F L E U D E S E L. It's very. It's not cheap, but uh, it's quite tasty. We used to sell a smoked salt at the uh, deli. And the smoked salt from France, the American smoked salt's no good. The French smoked salt called uh, Fumé de Sel. If you can find that, that stuff is unbelievably delicious. That's all I'm going to do. I'll write it up in a newsletter. If you get on the newsletter mailing list, you will get a note on salt. Craig Cutner in Norwalk, Connecticut, 6969. Longtime listener, show lover. First, I'll rat out Rob and Andrea as new listeners and boners. Douchebag call out. Douchebag. Second, to be brief, just a quick ringtone for me. Hey, Craig, kid shut up, slave, two to the head, huntsman. Okay. Uh, ready? Oh, do I do the hey, Craig? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Craig. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. And he follows with, that's a good one. That's a good, good setup. Keep up the good deconstruction. We're all counting on you. He finishes with El Joho, uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, 6969. I sent you a pronunciation, guys. Say El Joho right, will you? <laughs> Welcome back down the road, Adam, from the road. Help. I uh, hope you weren't getting much worse for wear. We should talk about that a little bit. Another 6969 to keep things going, plus Adam... <laughs> Was Adam saying Swazelnuf is hilarious? <laughs> what I, I don't remember saying Swazelnuf. I don't know. Oh, Swazelnuf. 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 <laughs> but I like Swazelnuf better. Swazelnuf. It's, it's another Swazelnuf, John. Yeah, let me write that down. Yeah, Swazelnuf. It's another Swazelnuf donation right here on the best podcast in the universe. Swazelnuf. <laughs> <laughs> It is funny. Now it's funnier. My luck sort of bad, took a bad turn when we lost out on a home we were bidding on recently. We barely missed it just because we tried negotiating. I need some house hunting karma. Can I get a Huntsman no conflict 
thank you and tell Russia today to stop screwing you guys and put you on the payroll. P.S. I emailed some home video, some video of my daughter propagating the formula. And did you get the shirts yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The shirts, the uh, green shirts. We got two shirts. Yeah. Adam, we'll yeah, get one. Got a, I got a shirt too. All right. Here you go, oh. man. Here we go. There's no real conflict. You've got karma. Notice I had it lined up. That was beautiful. Christian Herzog, Sir Zog to you, Elwood, Illinois, sixty nine, sixty nine, making this Swazzle donation enough. to help continue the Swazelnuff streak, <laughs> but especially to commemorate the first time donation of Greg Lawrence, whom I was going to call out as a boner, but it's my understanding that he's now on board. Uh, he's been an ardent propagator of the formula, so I've got him. Uh, I got to give him props. We work together, including a few other no agenda defotees. With a few others, uh, we often work no agenda memes into meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, boss. Shut up, slave. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Technical discussions. I've also indoctrinated my next door neighbor, Mary, mm. who I carpool with. We are here. Some we we'll hear some news story, and one of us will say to the other, "Shut up, slave." <laughs> which I can see that yeah. we're watching yeah. mainstream media. Could I? Get some job-changing karma for my wife and a little girl shut-up slave, two to the head, for myself. Okay, so I'll do it in that order then. Here we go. You've got karma. Shut-up slave! Okay, uh, hold the on. The Swazelnuf is on fire today, John. Yeah. Two to the head, uh, huh. Well, that's interesting because Gregory Lawrence is next on the list. There Portland, you go. Illinois, uh, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. I figured I should get myself de-douched before my unreasonably awesome boss, Sir Zog, propagator uh -huh. of the formula, <laughs> decides to finally call me out Wait as a, a minute. boner. Wait a minute. So the boss is actually doing the shut up slave in the meeting. Now that I can <laughs> see. Hey, 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 yo! Shut up, slave! Stupid idiot! Get back to work. Uh, he finally called me. He didn't do that. We got lucky. I was lucky enough to start listening right when Adam started telling us about all the pipes. And since then, the best podcast in the universe has completely destroyed my ability to listen to any news source without screaming BS and everything. You know, I, I, it's so true, though. Um, Everybody says this. Driving for hours. and uh, Podcasts are really great. <laughs> we are the greatest in the universe, of course. But podcasts in general, I mean, you're just driving for hours and hours. At one point, I actually had my headphones on. So not the earbuds, but actual headphones. And Mickey would, you know, and she was kind of sleeping. And she'd be like, what? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just yelling at the iPod. I'm just, don't pay no attention to me. You just do that. It's it's so awesome to listen to podcasts. Uh, in addition to my de-douching, could I get us nothing to see here, two to the head, and some karma for good writing weather in my short vacation this weekend? Okay, de-douching, nothing to see here, two to the head. Okay. You've been de-douched. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. You've got hmm. karma. Didn't quite work. Uh, Adam Riedenauer, a 6969. Uh, well, that was enough. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Hour. He may have sent something in. I'm not sure. Uh, no. He's doing something about... No. No, he did write before, though. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Chris Ruddy. Sir Chris Ruddy to you. 6969. Uh, Snazzle Nuff. Swazzle Nuff. Swazzle Nuff. Um, I mean, this is a new Swazzle Nuff club. 
<laughs> I haven't donated in a while. People can say, what? Swazzle enough? What's swazzle enough? Yeah, you know, listen to the show, you figure it out. Yeah. I haven't donated in a while, so here you go. I haven't listened to yesterday's show yet either, so hopefully the streak is still alive. By the way, I thought you guys would like to know that it's part of my cousin's training and to learn Korean as a linguist in the Air Force. One of the conversations they gave her to practice with family members is about pipelines. <laughs> <laughs> Have them translate our pipeline episode in Korean. My th- aunt thought it was pretty random, but it made perfect sense to me uh-huh. in the morning. That's right, Sir Chris. Thank you. Uh, Tristan Mason in Auckland, 6968, which I count as 6969. I throw in the extra penny. Swazzle enough. Swazzle wheat. Throw in the penny. Throw in the penny. Uh, okay. Thank you. This is my panic uh, make... Is this my panic make good decision donation? I'm sorry, my panic make good decision donation. <laughs> Can I please get a ringtone in Adam's best MTV voice? <clears throat> hey everybody, the monk of nothing says. Then little girl, shut up, slave. Karma to all you living in the USA <clears throat> because you're so screwed. You need to get help. You get something. Keep up the good work and the best party. Okay. Okay. So he I, wants hey everybody, the monk of nothing says. Then shut up, slave. Okay. And karma. <clears throat> all right. No, no, he doesn't know. Karma is, is separate. He doesn't want karma as a part of this. This is oh, karma okay. to you all. Hey, everybody. The monk of nothing says... Shut up, slave. Oh, that was worth more than sixty nine, sixty eight. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're big money. You're a big <laughs> money voice. I, I work cheap. <laughs> Paul Hargett in Hayes, Kansas, 5678. Uh, coming into my second donation to cover deconstruction dues, I've been a well-entertained slave. However, I disagree with Adam for not having faith in NASA's newest space buggy. <laughs> By the way, did you know that this thing was outsourced to Russia? No. Well, I haven't got the documentation yet, but JC brought this up last night. Your stunt brain. My stunt brain, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He does all the stunts. He does all the heavy lifting. He does all the, all the, the real stuff, the real work. I'm thinking I know the reason for the lack of high-res images. Why? Because bandwidth. High-res <laughs> images probably go too much. Of the, yeah, yeah, we've yeah, heard yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Verifying if the roller is fully functional is probably more important than, than images anyway. Not no, only is this donation it, for the awesome media deconstructing, but also for science and MILFs. Can I please get <laughs> two of my favorite clips? One hot MILF baby and science. Science and MILFs, really? So, um, you know, we're just talking about that thing. So... This thing shot a laser at a rock and destroyed it. Yeah. Are you, are you, I mean, are you kidding me? It shot a laser and it, a night, what, phasers on stun, phasers on kill. The fact that you people are believing this is just beyond me. I think you're crazy not to believe it. They've got a a nuke on the back of that thing so they can put a high Phasers on skill, everybody. That's one hot loaf, baby. The science. I did it wrong. Hold on a second. I'm going to do it again. Sorry. Hey. Oh, here we go. That's one hot MILF, baby. Science! science! MILFs yeah. and science. But the laser... Yeah, and now the thing is driving around, making pictures it's of its own... It's 10 feet. It's not driving it's around. It's making pictures of its own tracks. Look at my tracks in the New Mexico landscape. It looks so John great. Rose, Tel Aviv, Gushdan. This is the guy who called me who hated me. Oh yeah, no, he's very he's very upset about that. By the yeah, way, yeah. 
5555. He wanted to support the best podcast in the universe. We need we need some Israeli news. Yeah. Adam can either de-douche me or give me a douchebag. His choice to let me know if he forgives me or if he's still carrying a grudge over my <laughs> flying off the handle and calling him a Holocaust denier on Twitter. Science is in. Science. So you can either de-douche him or douchebag him. He doesn't care. I wanted him to know it's something I regret to this day. Also, I'd like some please don't bomb Iran karma. <laughs> Iran. For my mega douchebag Prime Minister Bibi. I work in the incoming uh, tourism, tourism industry. <laughs> it would totally screw up my quarter. Also yeah. rain. The yeah. missiles on my house would not be good. Yeah, war does that to you. All right, so build up the suspense with your whistle, John. I have a choice here to make between calling Jonathan Rose out as a douchebag or forgiving him and deducing him. That's not suspense. Suspense. Suspenseful. Suspenseful is like, no, it's like this. You've been de-douched. Shut up, slave. A little twist. I gave him a little twist. All right, it's out of my Nathan, system now. Nathan, yeah, it's out of this, this. It's over. You're forgiven. It's over. It's over, man. Nathan Pet, Avon, Connecticut. Double nickels on the dime. Belated birthday gift for Paula Peters. Please give her some birthday karma and a shut up, slave. Okay, birthday karma, shut, shut up, slave. slave. Shut up, slave. You've got... Karma. <laughs> it's like Shut Up Slave has been the most popular thing we've done for the last six months. Graham Wolf in Wichita, Kansas, 55 double nickels on the dime. Didn't get a chance to buy gas for you in Wichita. Here's a small contribution toward the Hot Pockets tour. Appreciate your willingness to travel and meet all the producers. Give yourself some karma, John included. No, thank you very much, man. That's uh, highly appreciated. That definitely helps. You've got karma. <clears throat> yeah, L. Asowski. Uh, uh, us or Osos. Yeah, Osowski. I would say Osowski. Yeah, Osowski. Yael Osowski. St. Petersburg, Florida. Last time I donated the show, John called my girlfriend Melanie from Vienna. Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, that's isn't that she what they are? She was offended at first, but then the karma works. She'll be moving in with me this week oh. as she starts her internship. Big win, huh? She gets yeah, to move hey, in with you. You can thank me for this. Can you give her a welcome to Gitmo Nation, hey, citizen, Italian shut-up slave, and point the slaves over to libertyinexile.com on the No Agenda stream? Okay, so we have uh, an... In one. Wait a minute. We have what did he want here? He she wanted, was a hey citizen, hey citizen, Italian shut up slave. A karma and or not? He didn't ask for karma. Okay. All right. Hey citizen. Shut up, slave. Stanzito schiavo. Hmm. I still got to cut that out. Yeah, you do have to make that. You have to. You have to produce it. <laughs> okay, I'll produce it the way John produces it. Okay, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Andrew Gardner, Sir Andrew Gardner to the peons, Avenue, Maryland, 5312. Checking in for some no agenda racing karma. Headed for the Summit Point, West Virginia this weekend to race again after an almost two-month break. That's right, man. Go ahead and break a leg and win the race. You've got karma. And may the odds forever be in your favor. Carter Smith, San Diego, California, $50. Daniel McTuff. That's what it says. Silver Springs, Maryland, fifty dollars. Been listening for a few months now, disagreeing with a lot of what you well, say. You live in Maryland, duh. You're a spook. Probably. 
But at least I appreciate the critical analysis you put in your crackpot theories. One thing about which we are in a total agreement, our government is trying to govern by, among other atrocities, terrifying us about the threat of terrorism. Case in point, the seven signs of terrorism. Note the seven signs meme, the insipid seven-minute video published by Montgomery County, Maryland Police Department, where citizens are urged to call the police to report anything unusual. Keep in mind that Montgomery County, a suburb of Washington, D.C., bordering on the district, actually, is only one of the most affluent areas in the country. I only watched this wretched trash because I've been listening to your damn show. <laughs> so I thought it only fair to try to make you watch it, too. More importantly, I'm making my first donation to the show because while watching the banal propaganda, I received an offer for a new job, a career-changing job that will allow me to stop being a lawyer and do what I love, write software. Oh, geez. Go back to being a lawyer. Do, make an app. <laughs> Good luck in the new career. Karma would be in order. All right, I'm going to dedouche him too. Actually, very cool. You've been dedouched. You've got karma. Nice. And finally, Cal Bauer, uh, in uh, parts unknown, fifty dollars. Want to thank him and everybody else who donated for today's show. Four three seven. We uh, encourage you to uh, help us out for the Sunday upcoming Sunday show. We are finishing off a uh, dog days. August is terrible. Uh. Let's be honest about it. And uh, hopefully you can uh, chime in with uh, a request for producer credit or something fun. And we do not uh, take money like, uh, was it Maddow and uh, a couple other shows? Just go look at MSNBC or CNN. Look at the ads that are running. It's all political money that's pouring into their coffers. Uh, we don't take any of that. And for, quite frankly, if we did, we'd be have our asses sued off. And have to give it all back just by, just by the pure nature of some of the things we discussed. It's a value-for-value value model, which means if you derived any value from listening to the best podcast in the universe, then think about giving us some money to keep us going, to keep the show on the road. Dvorak.org slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday! Hang on, your resource! Congratulate the following people. Spiro Zafaris uh, congratulates Angelo Zafaris, uh, 42 years old tomorrow. <laughs> A gnat flew right into my mouth. God really? Damn, that was disgusting. <laughs> SaltySkipper.com says happy birthday to his dad, Harm Huttingha. Uh, he celebrates uh, today Nathan Pet. Happy birthday to Paula Peters. <laughs> you liked that, didn't you? Alicia May says, happy birthday to Scott Williams. He turns 33 magic numbers on the 27th. And Dennis Cruz turns 46 tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's birthday, yeah. Oh, that was so that was so disgusting. He flew it was right- a gnat, for God's sake. He could have chewed it up and swallowed it while talking. Well, it was sticking to my to the roof of my mouth. It so the thing flew in your mouth? <laughs> Wow. How but many gnats you got around there? Is it gnat time of the year? We had a little, yeah. You know, you're out of the house for three weeks, and um, the... Uh, oh, you left a banana laying around or something. No, worse. One oh. trash bag in the chute. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this, was not, this was not good. Not good. Hey, we have a, a nighting, John. We have... Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, so... Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. Hold on a second. Grab my blade. Which is a really big one, if you can grab yours. Thank you. Very good. Tristan Wilson Kerrigan, step forward. Tristan, it's about time. We are so happy to welcome you to the Knights of the Noah Gen Roundtable, a very exclusive club. And since it's still before 12, 
12, 12, this year, 2012, you will receive an actual No Agenda Night ring with your sealing wax. So I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Tristan Wilson Kerrigan, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on over, Tristan. Hookers and blow. Wenches and beer. Rent boys Chardonnay. And chocolate milk and boobies. Whatever you want, it's here for you. That's the way we roll. Thank you so much. Did meet a lot of knights, actually, on this trip, which was kind of nice. You did? Yeah, a lot of people had rings. It was good. It was good to see. And very proud of them, I might point out. Very proud of their rings. Very, very proud. Well, you're only going to do the rings until the end of the year, and then the knighthoods will be given a pin or some other uh, scroll or something else. So we got, uh, I don't know, four or five months left of uh, rings. Yeah. So i got a couple things that uh, we definitely need to discuss in the Agenda 21 realm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's that, and uh, and it's a little bit of vaccine news at the same time. This one came in. got a in. vaccine clip, too. Yeah. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. We're all going to die. A new kind of swine flu. That's, that's all you need to know. A new kind of swine flu. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be here on Sunday. A new kind of swine flu. It has been reported at state fairs that featured livestock competitions. Uh-huh. Health officials say about 220 people across the country contracted the swine flu virus since July and to stay safe they say wash your hands before you enter the exhibition areas and again after you leave why why before <laughs> because you all employees must wash their hands <laughs> all slaves wash their hands I don't know it's just wash your hands hey I think I've got the um, the but you, were you going to go on a vaccine thing? Because I do have a vaccine yeah, clip uh, yeah, roll, yeah, yeah, no, roll out of it. I, I got okay, some This one really news. bothers me because I didn't know a lot of the details. I mean, the whooping cough thing's out of control. Oh, right? yeah, it's at Walmart now. It's at Walgreen. There's a couple of items of, of points of interest in this whooping cough report mm-hmm. that got my attention. And I said, oh, please. Babies. Washington State has one of the highest number of cases in the nation, along with Wisconsin, Minnesota, and New York. <coughs> I've heard this cough clip before. They're, they're using old material. The disease is known for the dramatic whooping noise its victims make as they try to catch their breath after coughing spells. It can often lead to cracked ribs, pneumonia, even death. A vaccine was developed more than 50 years ago, but it caused so many bad side effects that a new one was introduced in the 1990s. It's called DTaP. But recently, the CDC discovered a troubling trend. Teenagers who had been inoculated against whooping cough were getting sick. In all, there have been 9,000 adolescent cases this year. It turns out that the short-term protection with DTaP is very good. Within two years of getting vaccinated, the protection is about 95%. But by five years after completing the five-dose childhood series, Booster. protection drops off and is only about 70%. Booster. We call that waning immunity or a drop-off in protection. <sighs> Yep. And what's the solution? Booster. Booster. Yeah, it's a booster. But wait, here's all, so here's the story the way I see it. A whooping cough vaccine, which seemed to work fine, 50 years old. Of course, now it's public domain and it's no Oh, yeah, we need a new one. Worked yeah. fine for 50 years and there were no cases of whooping cough. Nobody brought it up. Nobody even talked about whooping cough until like the last five or six years. But this cheap old vaccine that had problems that I don't know what they were. I never heard of them. They had problems. 
No, let's get rid of that. We have a new one called DTAP. That's not just one shot. It's four shots. <laughs> and it's not just four shots. It's four shots that don't work. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Wind it up, man. Wind it up. So they got nothing. But now people are getting whooping cough from the shots. There's no protection out there. You've got what is the point of dropping something that works for something that doesn't work unless there's some filthy lucre involved? This is nothing more than more government corruption. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. Beautiful. Totally corrupt. It's corrupt. So I've uh, I've figured out the uh, the West Nile virus thing. Oh, yeah, there we go. There's yeah, a vi- vaccine coming out for that any minute. No, 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 it's better than that. Better oh, than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is a war going on. So, um, you know, so is it right now. chicken? No, 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 no. Think think smaller. Okay. Uh, so, no, so we, you know, they're spraying human resources in Dallas, the CDC, not the state, the CDC. Uh, this is like, oh, we've had... 42 people have died all across the 50 states. It's in every single state except Hawaii and Alaska. We're all going to die. 1,100 people have it. Your brain swells. You become a zombie. You blow up and you die. Well, yeah. Just like swine flu, you know, people will die. They usually die from unrelated diseases uh, like pneumonia, etc. And Sanjay Gupta is all over CNN. Oh, with his big screw, his eyes all wide. Oh, there's, there's, no, there's no vaccine yet. We can't do anything. And then I see, uh, I read the transcript of the press gaggle uh, by the uh, principal deputy press secretary, John Ernest, aboard Air Force One en route to New York. They do this all the time. There's no video of it, but then they uh, they do a gaggle, a press gaggle. What is a gaggle, by the way? It's, besides a, a gaggle is a group. What, what's the point of this? I'm they, not getting it. They call it the press gaggle. That's weird. Yeah. They always call it the press gaggle. I, I guess, never noticed. I guess, well, because you don't read them. I read all this stuff. Hmm. Um, so right off the top, Mr. Ernest says, I do have a couple quick announcements before we get started. I wanted to make you aware of in recent days. And so this is this is always, you know, that they have something at the top. This is like the big propaganda push. You know, pay attention. Pay attention, News Corps. This gaggle has a message. In recent days, an increased number of cases of West Nile virus has been reported primarily in Texas and in communities across the southern United States. The president has been briefed on the increase in the number of West Nile virus cases. White House staff are in regular contact with the experts at the CDC, and the president will continue to receive updates as necessary. So be afraid. Be very, very, very afraid. Meanwhile, everybody we talk to here is laughing about this. You know, we have, um, you know, are you familiar with Terminix? The Terminix, the, the, the bug company. Yeah, the bug company. So uh, yeah. our Terminix guy, is uh, he's an Australian who moved to uh, Austin uh, 20 years ago. And uh, and he's laughing. He said, this is such bull crap. He says, it's, it's too late. It's too cold. This is, nothing's going to happen. Let me just spray every here. But anyway, so they said, like, you know, he takes care of our scorpions. So I'm looking around. I'm like... There's got to be something going on with this. You know, what is it? Oh, well, I found it. This is actually the war on mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And the reason why there's a war, because you'll hear it's all about mosquitoes, mosquitoes, mosquitoes. Why? Because mosquitoes spread malaria. And this entire thing is a setup to fight malaria with the Bill Gates Foundation in Africa. Oh. And they've got groundbreaking comedy website, collegehumor.com, 
and innovative charity Malaria No More, please Google that, John, while I continue, have teamed up to launch Malarious on the upcoming World Mosquito Day. World Mosquito Day. Now it's the war on mosquitoes. Would you like to hear their unfunny promo of all these great comedians? Oh, yeah. Celebrities. We hate malaria. We, we hate, hate malaria. malaria. We, we hate, hate malaria. Malaria, go f*** yourself. We wanted to do something to stop it. Something hilarious. Or rather, something malarious. <laughs> so we teamed up with College Humor and Malaria No More. And did the most ridiculous stuff imaginable. And put it on the internet. <laughs> really? You think you're going to grow up to be lassie, old asshole? The world is split into two halves, the bacon and the bacon. It's unbelievable. Yeah, how bad is this, huh? Can you cross your eyes? Thank you for beard hair. Being here. What? <laughs> Dorothy. There's no place like home. Dorothy. There's no place like home. Dorothy. Ah. To watch it, all you have to do is give to Malaria No More. Give whatever you want. One dollar. One simple dollar. Give a dollar. Give two dollars. Eight dollars. You could even give 500 grand. Go to collegehumor.com slash malarious. Wow, the most unfunniest comedians in the universe. So look at this malaria no more. Uh, and this is, and I'm pretty sure this is what this is the war on mosquito. We have to go kill the mosquitoes because, and even though uh, DDT was a fantastic product that you could eat, uh, which was outlawed and is actually killing Africans by not making that available anymore. We've been through this before on the show. Yes. Um, look at these douchebags. Look at the douchebags on malaria no more dot org who we are. Yeah, no, I'm looking at him now. Actually, I'm trying to find the David Bowen LinkedIn uh, site so I can look at his background. Hannah, well, there's, so there's Hannah Bowen and David Bowen. No incestuous relationship yeah, there at all. Yeah, nothing going on there. Yeah, nothing at all. <coughs> They're all Peace Corps volunteers. So this is, and the Peace Corps is, you know, paid for by the State Department. Um. American Association for the Advancement of Science, Neurobiology. This is, there's a very, sim very, very simple fix to this. Just bring back DDT. It's a fantastic product. But look at the, Diane Ford. Who is she? Chief Operating Officer. Is she from the Ford Foundation? No, I doubt she has it. no bio. Joel Goldman. Is he from Goldman Sachs? Seems unlikely. Director they, 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 of director of those names. Well, director of entertainment industry relations. Marianne Huntsman is she related to Tapu Tatarchinchi? <laughs> she previously worked they in all finance. Using famous names. <laughs> Hi, it's Adam uh, Obama and John C. Huntsman here. I can't find the. Uh, there's too many David Bowens. It's a Marianne Huntsman is thrilled to be joining Malaria No More's development team. Marianne has a passion yeah, for some, music some, and politics. She's kind of sexy. Who is she? Who is she? I'm telling you, she's uh, Marianne Huntsman has got to be a, a, an LDS cult member. I doubt it. But she, but she's a massive shill. Should look at her resume. Senior development officer. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means. Thanks to Brooklyn Brewery. Hannah Kay, a granddaughter of Danny Kay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Bob Pylon. What are they doing with all this? How many people do they need? That's a big organization, isn't it? It's huge. It's on, uh, dozens of people. Richard Thayer. And look who the sponsors are. The Coca-Cola Company. Oh, look, see all partners and sponsors. Oh, goody. Oh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, right at the top. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Well, that didn't take very much research Hello. to figure out. Also, American Idol gives back. Exxon Mobil. Wow. Let me just give you, oh, my goodness. Coca-Cola Company. Ah. Goldman Sachs gives. And, and these gives. people will do what? what oh, they're going to spend the money on hookers parties, and blow, parties, parties, yeah. News Corp. going to do nobody any good. What's Creative Arts Agency. This is one of those, it's like theater. You you, you make a big... Uh, it's a drinking club. Avenue, for God's sake, that can't be cheap. Yeah, it's a drinking club. It's a drinking club. It's a good one. But you want... to get invited to these but, things. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Let me think. Hmm... But it's obvious that uh, that this entire setup about mosquitoes spreading West Nile is about mosquitoes. It's going to be when is, when is World Mosquito Day? We have to celebrate that on the show. Uh, World Mosquito Day. Ah, no, World Malaria Day passed already. Hold on a second. World Mosquito Day. So, where are mosquitoes, John? Are mosquitoes useful for anything? No. As far as I'm concerned, they could be wiped out. August 20th. Oh, we missed it. Oh, damn. What did we miss? We missed World Mosquito Day. Oh. Well, oh. that came and went. These guys with all the money <laughs> and sponsorship, suck. and we find out about it after it's over? <laughs> Three days late. And a bunch of boneheads. <laughs> that didn't work very well. <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't see anything else in that office building except a couple of things upstairs. Anyway, okay. Well. Mm. So the one thing that we haven't really talked about, and I didn't, um, uh, I, I didn't want to mention it when it, when the news first came out because I was on the road. I didn't have enough time to to vet everything, uh, and vet is an appropriate word in this case. Uh, we have this uh, marine veteran who was uh, picked up because of his Facebook po postings. Have you been following this story? I love this story. Yeah. Really? This is a bullcrap story. Yeah, it is a bullcrap story, but let me just give you the background. Uh, so this uh, Brandon J. Raub was posting uh, kind of stuff that uh, we talk about on the show, uh, certainly stuff I talk about on the show, all over his Facebook you know, stuff like 9-11 uh, was an inside job. Uh, you know, he said, look, look, does this airplane... Yeah, he's a truther. And not just a truther, but he's also, you know, saying, hey, you know, the, the government's out to, to kill us. And uh, um, a lot of stuff that you see in many, many places. He had the people responsible for poisoning the American people from the sky will be held accountable. That's... uh uh, you know, he has pictures of chemtrails. I mean, it could be me. It's basically yeah, well, me. Yeah, it sounds like you, actually. Me you sure this wasn't a, some sort of a fake thing you did? But anyway, go on. So it's me in uniform. And um, here it is. Uh, I've got two clips here, actually. That's, uh, here we go. So he is picked up under a law in Virginia, which does not exist in Texas, but does exist in a few other states, 
Uh, I read to you from the uh, Code of Virginia 37.2-808, Emergency Custody Issuance and Executive Execution of Order, Emergency Custody custody and Voluntary and Involuntary Civil Admissions. <clears throat> and this is very interesting, because if this was a federal law, we'd be I'd be in trouble. Uh, any magistrate may issue upon the sworn petition of any responsible person, whatever that means, that could be you, John. You could be a responsible person. I am a responsible person. Or upon his own motion, an emergency order, custody order, when he has probable cause to believe that any person within his judicial district, one, has <laughs> mental illness. <laughs> well, duh, there you go. I'm done. Uh, presents an imminent danger to himself or others as a result of mental illness or is seriously mentally ill as to be substantially unable to care for himself and is in need of hospitalization or treatment and if he is unwilling to volunteer or incapable of volunteering for hospitalization under treatment. Uh, any person from emergency custody order is issued shall be taken into custody and transported to a convenient location to be evaluated to assess the need for hospitalization or treatment. The evaluation shall be made by a person designated by the Community Services Board or Behavioral Health Authority. So this is, of course, very troubling. And uh, I agree with you. It is a bullcrap uh, story. It has been set up to put everybody on notice. Uh, to say, oh, it's the uh, ex-vets, they're all crazy, they're all mentally ill, they're the, they're the problem, they're the ones that, uh, that uh, you've got to look out for. And we had another one pop up just yesterday. A threat against the president. A raid on a quiet complex. Tonight, the former military man and stash of weapons at the center of a Secret Service investigation. He apparently had an individual who was armed. He had weapons, multiple weapons, ammunition, and made allusions to perhaps things that go boom or explosives. <laughs> things that go boom. I have he things said that, that. Yeah, I have things that go boom. Well, they haven't released the actual letter, so we don't know. But we he don't said, know anything. No, but this is another fake, bogus report. The federal complaint filed today outlines Kalori's alleged threat, which was emailed to the FBI. Kalori allegedly uses his own name and address, says he will kill the president and he better get an audience, tells agents to come get him, he won't fight, and adds that they have seven days. What kind, what? What kind of guy does this? What kind of a note is that? It's like, wow. I'm going to kill the president, I've got things that go boom, come and get me, I won't fight, you got seven days. Now, this, I mean, they're laying it on really, really thick here. And then his mom shows up. His mom has a whole different last name. And it's not even sure that, uh, that that's her mom. So these things are setups. And a lot of people are very, very upset about this and saying, you know, it's the first one to go. It has started. Well, yes and no. So essentially, you're being put on notice that you, you better shut up, slave, because you can get picked up. Uh, and you need to be afraid of uh, veterans. Veterans, of course, are the ones who will probably be around to protect us if the shit really does hit the fan. But I have an idea because I have here a clip of another uh, insane person, an insane veteran who is often in Virginia 
And I would say that if you're in Virginia and you see this insane veteran, you need to immediately go and arrest him and have him put away into a mental hospital. That old, uh, that old Beach Boy song, Bomberan. <laughs> bom, 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 bom. <laughs> There's your mentally insane veteran, ladies and gentlemen. That's the mentally insane one. Disagree with that analysis. That guy. That guy's wow. the that's the mentally insane one. So, but it's the, the only thing that makes you feel good about Obama. <laughs> but it is very troubling that this is going on, and I think we're going to see more and more of this. This is all just oh, there's a lot of stuff going on all around the place. I mean, one of the things uh, riots everywhere that were not that are not getting reported. In fact, when they're getting reported by their own people, I have a, a clip from Van Cat um, about uh, which is just so bogus because I, I mean there's riots all over France and the reasons are pretty obvious to everybody who just you all you have to do is ask people why they're rioting we play this French riot thing because this is not another unreported situation in, in the US well we, we played a clip uh, I think two weeks ago uh, when this all started they pulled drivers from their cars and stole the vehicles and they burned down a school and a youth center dozens of young men rioted in a troubled district in northern france this week the police department in amiens says at least 16 officers were injured after rioters lobbed stones at them well, about a hundred young men were involved it wasn't clear what exactly caused the unrest french prime minister jean-marc Ayrault has promised to deal with troublemakers with a firm hand. It was it was a troubled neighborhood. You they, mean where they the immigrants didn't know are? What caused the disturbance? No, I have this no idea. This is the French reaction to Hollande. Yeah, being full of crap. Yeah. If it were if if the American mentality wasn't so passive and we were like the French, this would have happened within the first year of Obama's administration when he didn't close Gitmo and he didn't immediately end the war and all the other things he promised. Take that to the bank. Uh, and then doing nothing and then going off and killing Americans without due process, we'd be rioting. But we you don't do that. that. The, the French bank. riot at the drop of a hat when somebody lies to them like Olan did. Yep. That's all it is. And, oh, we don't know what's causing this. Unrest. <laughs> so how long do you think this will uh, last before it happens here? Do you think we'll ever get any unrest here in the United States of Gitmo? We had a lot of this uh, pre in, uh, in the in the years leading up to the 1970 economic downturn that, that lasted a decade. Uh, and a lot of it was triggered by the Vietnam War because people were, you know, you had a draft and so people were bitching about that. And then there was the Watts riots, which was amazingly huge, and the Detroit riots, which, but these were black on black riots, those were. And then you had the student riots. There was lots of rioting that used to take place. Used to take That's place. That's all been deconstructed by the government, locked down, and there's been methodologies put in place that that have pacified the whole country, celebrity worship and all the rest of it. It's very complex, very well done. There is no chance. There'll be something that'll break out once in a while, but then the propaganda machine will come out like, they, you know, like they've done with these vets they're picking up and get it, everybody a bug in everyone's mind to think a certain way. Oh, these are terrible people, and they're, you know, they're anti-American, they're terrorists. I mean, we got the whole thing set up so you can't do a thing. We're locked down. And the terrorism thing is part of it, and so is the TSA. So while we're on that, let me tell you a little bit about your Department of Terrorism, Department of Homeland Security, as I continue to follow the uh, sexual harassment lawsuit, mainly for shits and giggles. 
Uh, two affidavits have come out, John, which I'd like to share with you. Oh, good. <laughs> this is this is way, way unsafe for the children. Um, so two affidavits. Uh, I, name blacked out, being over the age of 18, make the following statement under penalty of perjury. I have no personal relationship, blah, 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 blah. This is against uh, Suzanne Barr. Uh, Suzanne Barr, who was uh, purportedly uh, Lucy Napolitano's girlfriend, who was brought in and uh, sexually, uh, with with the other douche knucklehead, sexually harassed men at the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, on the last workday before Halloween... By the way, she wasn't qualified for that job to start with, but go on. On the last workday before Halloween 2009, my duties required me to go to the director's office where several employees were dis- discussing personal Halloween plans. I joined the conversation. Suzanne Barr was also present for part of the conversation. At some point during the conversation, I witnessed Suzanne Barr turn to the senior ICE employee, Tay Johnson, and state, You a sexy motherfucker! Then she looked at his crotch and asked, How long is it anyway? Several employees laughed nervously. Shortly thereafter, several employees returned to work duties, myself included, and several continued the Halloween conversation. Now let's go to Affidavit B. This one's even better. And this is sworn testimony from people who are saying this, it's rampant in this Department of Homeland Security. The people who are trying to scare you into submission. I'm over the age of 18, blah, blah, make the following statement under penalty of uh, perjury. I work for Immigration Customs Enforcement in Columbia area, 2009. Uh, during late 2009, ICE Director Morton and others, including Suzanne Barr and Ray Palmer, visited Columbia. During Columbia, bear in mind. During this visit, Suzanne Barr and Ray Palmer were both at a party at the house of the Deputy Chief of Mission of the U.S. Embassy in Columbia, at which I was also present. And as you can imagine, John, it says here, during this party, Barr and Palmer were both drinking heavily. Palmer obtained the Blackberry of Peter Vincent, another ICE employee, and used it to send lewd messages to Barr. I viewed at least one message, which stated from Palmer, posing as Vincent, to Barr. You ready for the quote? Go. I want to eat the corn out of your shit. Uh. During this party, Suzanne Barr approached me and offered to give me a blowjob. This is what's going on in your government, people. To arms, I say. Isn't that stunning? Isn't that just stunning? Yeah, and why is this not covered at all by NBC, CBS? Because you can't say New York Times. You can't say eat the corn out of your poop. You could. <laughs> you could say pussy riot. We just need to have a band. Hey, everybody! It's the corn horlios here. It's the corn. It's the corn eaters. The corn poop eaters. I this is see. disgusting. And again. You, people that listen to our show, they have to ask the question, why are you hearing it on our show? Why do you have to get this news from a podcast? Yeah, why do you have to get this news from a podcast? <laughs> I mean, it's a great, it's the best podcast in the universe, but still, it shouldn't be the one source of this sort of information. Mm-mm. So so while that's happening, while they're offering each other blowjobs and sending text messages with a level of a 12th grader, no, not even 12th, 5th grader, 
Now, here's what they're doing to scare you about the upcoming elections, which only, of course, is two parties. We want to get you updated on the latest political news this morning. Federal law enforcement hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst at the Republican and Democratic national conventions. An intelligence bulletin obtained by CNN warns of violence by anarchist extremist groups. Veterans! Possibly using improvised explosive devices. IEDs, that's what veterans know all about. It cites concerns what? over bridges and infrastructure in both Tampa and Charlotte. That's where the Democrats will be holding their convention. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Be very afraid of the convention. Because if it's not the IEDs from the veterans, the crazy revolutionaries, it's going to be the huge hurricane that's coming. Oh, the hurricane is coming. You are being propagandized, people. Well, that's what happens. So the one thing we didn't discuss, John, is the thing you put in the uh, newsletter, and I have a clip. No, good. This is about uh, the islands. The crazy islands. Okay, so let's just uh, set this up, John, because it's very obvious what this is about, but the the clip uh, accentuates how dumb we're being kept uh, by our uh, media. Um, yeah, there's a big gas uh, discovery in the middle of uh, you know, somewhere between Senkaku, uh, the Senkaku. Taiwan and uh, and Japan. Yes, yeah, so the, the Senkaku a, Islands. Right, there's a couple of these. There's some. It's, a, it's an atoll of maybe eight islands, and they're actually privately, or five of them are privately owned by some Japanese guy, and his sisters owns one island, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And anyway, they uh, these islands are always a dispute. It's always been into nobody. These islands are just there. They're not doing anything. They're nobody's using them for anything. But but they've all, they've been in dispute for years, but nobody's cared too much. But all of a sudden, everyone's all up at wants to deal with these islands because it turns out that within the purview of the of the islands, uh, you get you can access this uh, huge gas field, which is sitting north of the islands. And so, if the Chinese own the islands, then they can start drilling in the gas fields. If the Japanese own them, and then the Koreans are somehow involved in this. And curiously enough, the Chinese have already been drilling in the area. Yeah, and it all depends but, on how you define the economic, the exclusive economic zone, which would be a throwback to the uh, Law of the Sea Treaty. Because exactly, and the funny thing is, is that. Uh, is that the way the news media is playing this is they never give a, a motive for all of a sudden, you know, one, <laughs> no. one you know, a bunch of Chinese go over there and they protest and they're tearing up the car and there are protests all over China, anti-Japanese protests, which are obviously staged. And they're all over the place and nobody ever says, oh, it's a dispute over these islands as if it's, anybody gives a crap. But even worse, we're now sending over ships to patrol the area. Because, of course, you know, who would we be? You know, we need the best that we can get. And the world has called once again, and we need to go over there. We need to go uh, mm, protect the fields, perhaps? Do you think we could be protect? I mean, we protect the poppy fields. We have drones patrolling the pipelines. Now we have to go because there's oil and gas. Hey, hey, anyone with slanty eyes, move away. This is ours. That's basically what we're doing. And here is, once again, my favorite Pussy Riot girl, Erin Burnett. She's going to explain what's going on because it's so mysterious. It suggested the situation could spiral out of control. Tensions are clearly rising. All this over a small cluster of islands that no one even lives on. No one even lives on. It's all about the islands. It's <laughs> The Senkakus are privately administered by the Japanese, but the Chinese claim they are the rightful owners. These guys have got to work this out, and we're not going to take a side with it. 
While officially neutral, the U.S. defense treaty means it would have to back Japan in a military confrontation over these islands. So I think behind the scenes, the United States is probably encouraging all parties, including Japan, to not take any uh, actions that are going to further uh, cause uh, tensions to potentially spiral uh, out of control. Like recent incidents in which Chinese protesters turned violent. Yeah, that was so staged, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> turn the, the car up. was uh, was the giveaway. <laughs> yeah, turn the car upside down. Beat on the tires. And uh, here, hold the sign. Here, I got some signs. I just printed them up for you. And Japanese nationalists wave their flag. This is Japan's territory. The U.S. is signaling it will support Japan's security, if not its sovereignty claim. The Pentagon has traditionally conducted surveillance flights for anti-submarine warfare operations near Japan. We've upgraded those capabilities and are now going to, uh, in the future, potentially fly uh, drones over that area, which would provide uh, better surveillance capabilities so that there would be more situational awareness of actually what is uh, taking place uh, uh, in in that region. So I, I made a mistake. That wasn't the Burnett clip, which I do have, which is funnier. But I like this one because whenever we bring out the drones, it's always to protect some kind of oil or gas. That's what these things are for. We, we run them up and down the pipeline, get some situational awareness. Now here's Burnett. And now our fourth story out front. U.S. Marines today began serious. This is month-long exercises in the Western Pacific. Now, some of these military exercises will be done alongside American ally Japan. Which it's has just an exercise, John. Nothing to see here. China, mad as a hornet. In an editorial, Chinese state media warned the United States, quote, not to flan fan the flame in the region. Tensions are already extremely high thanks to a dispute between Japan and China over uninhabited islands in the East China Sea. Both countries, though, claim to own them. And on Sunday, a group of 10 Japanese activists landed on the island, unfurled their flags. Those actions sparked furious anti-Japanese protests across the nation of China. Pentagon correspondent Chris Lawrence is out front tonight. It's a frightening scenario. American troops backing their Japanese allies drawn into a conflict with China. China. And fighting over nothing more than some uninhabited islands and a few rocks. It's just a bunch of rocks, John. <laughs> it's just some rocks. Why do, they, do these people have any souls whatsoever to give these sort of shallow reports as news? It's just rocks. Who knows what's going on? Yeah, I can't understand. Why? I mean, it, they must be not their eyes. It must be the slanty eyes. You can't see straight. It's just rocks. Yeah, yeah, that's another winner. <laughs> oh, nah, you got to love it, man. Because if they weren't such idiots, what would we do with our time? Well, we could probably make uh, money being publishing things or doing some real work. So so I got a full I'm going to probably save one for Sunday. I got this really funny clip because I want to go on a high note, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, could you please bring on... everyone down at the end here? Yeah, why not? There, so there's a, in fact, I do have an end of show clip if you want me to set that up. Uh, but I do have a report for the Olympics in Rio that had a couple numbers in it that I went, oh, this isn't going to be very funny. Uh, play the Rio report on the Olympics. The main athletic stadium is nearly complete, but there is still a lot to do, as Brazil is also hosting the Football World Cup in 2014. 
Beyond the Olympic venues, Rio will have to deal with other problems, such as security. Hundreds of slums remain under the control of drug traffickers, despite repeated efforts by the country's security forces. Housing, too, is a concern. More than a million tourists are expected in a city that only has around 34,000 beds. Not to mention the transport network. The city is known for its gridlock, and construction of new roads and a new metro line may not be enough to relieve the congestion. Uh, let, me, let me get this straight. <laughs> You're going to bring in a million people. Yeah. And you have 32,000 beds. Uh, bunk beds. I think they're bunk beds, so it might work. So they got 32,000 beds for a million people. <laughs> Bunk beds. And then you're going to have... <laughs> so what? how does this work? Are you going to build hotels specifically for the Olympics and then abandon them afterwards? FEMA or are they going to open their homes and invite you to stay there like they do at CBIT maybe, and which doesn't have a million people coming in, just has half a million? I mean, this is like, what? Does this make any sense at all? FEMA trailers, John. Trailers. Trailers, the FEMA trailers, yeah, the poison FEMA trailers yeah. that'll solve it. Mm-hmm. I had an end of show song, uh, but you didn't like the last one I had, so I'm a little worried about playing that. It's the TSA song. Had you heard that? Have you seen that video? I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. No, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was a little lameish. Because somebody, one of our, our our producers, sent it in, and I yeah. watched it. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I thought it was. Kind of lame, to be honest. I didn't it's, think it was funny. It's funny because Miss Mickey just heard the the song. She's like, hey, that's kind of good. What is that? Because <laughs> it is kind of a good R&B It had tune. a nice beat. I mean, it's it, as a song, <laughs> per se. It had a nice it was, beat. It had John, a nice beat, like what, that, what, being Dick Clark it, Is this the Ed Sullivan show no, now? No, Dick Clark. Yeah, this American bandstand. It, yeah, boy, it had a nice beat. These kids had, a, had a really lame. nice beat, but the lyrics are really just right. I'm John C. Dvorak coming to you for American Bandstand. You can play it if you want. No, it's all right. What, what, is, take, your, what is your end the, of show? Let's do your end of show clip and get the heck out of here because I got stuff okay, to well, do. This is the, an ex-ambassador. This is a long clip, but it's the, which is why it's end of show. It's this ex-UK ambassador to Uzbekistan who was a whistleblower and he got fired and he's now a kind of an activist and he's out lecturing the British public about Assange and pointing out some interesting facts about uh, well, how embassies, what the status of an embassy is and what would happen to you if you actually went in there and, and, and grabbed Assange. Oh, good. Well, you know what happens if you have an, uh, if you harbor Assange, they turn on the, the uh, volcano earthquake machine, they harp you. You see that the volcano's erupting now in Ecuador? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a good call. You should have brought that up. Well, you, I have a clip if you want to hear it. It's, uh, Sunday. Let's do Sunday. Okay, Sunday we'll do that clip. Uh, okay, so we'll do that as an end of show clip. And we will be back on Sunday with another episode of the best podcast in the universe. It is the No Agenda Show. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. We need all the help we can get here in the dog days of summer as we wind it up. And I am going to go bring in the outdoor furniture for the rain that's coming, everybody. Here at Camp Mofo, in the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we have no mosquitoes yet, I'm John C. Dvorak. Committed an offense, but he should be tried with due process. Ecuadorian President Rafael Correa speaking Friday, shortly before Julian Assange spoke Sunday. A number of his supporters also took.
took to the microphone outside the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Among the speakers, writer and activist Tarek Ali, as well as Craig Murray, the former British ambassador to Uzbekistan. Murray, a whistleblower himself, was removed from office in 2004 after he exposed how the United States and Britain supported torture by the Uzbek regime. On Sunday, Ambassador Murray criticized the British government for threatening to raid the embassy to arrest Julian Assange. The Vienna Convention is absolutely plain. The Vienna Convention of 1961 is the single most subscribed international treaty in existence. And it states in Article 22, Section 1, that the diplomatic premises of an embassy are inviolable. Full stop. Are inviolable. You cannot invade the embassy of another country. As Tariq rightly said, there were times when I sheltered Uzbek dissidents from their government within the confines of the British Embassy in Uzbekistan. Even during the height of the tensions of the Cold War, the opposing parties never entered each other's embassies to abduct a dissident. The fact that William Hague now openly threatens the Ecuadorians with the invasion of their sovereign premises is one further example of the total abandonment of the very concept of international law by the neoconservative junters that are currently ruling the former Western democracies. And I can tell you something else for certain. The position I've just outlined, that the invasion of a diplomatic premises is a crime in international law and a crime in the state whose premises are invaded, that is a position which is taken by virtually every country in the world. And it is a crime which is eminently extraditable. So any policeman who forcibly enters the premises of the Embassy of Ecuador will find himself liable for extradition to Ecuador as soon as he leaves the United Kingdom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all for coming here to listen. I thank deeply and from my heart those of you who have come uh, to support Julian Assange and support his continuing struggle for freedom and to support the continuing cause of whistleblowing and revealing that which government does not want you to know. We are here today for freedom. Here we stand. We thank the Ecuadorian government for their support, and we stand with Julian Assange. Thank you very much. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A. The 1970 uh, economic downturn that, that lasted a decade. Uh, 
and a lot of it was triggered by the Vietnam War because people were, you know, he had a draft, and so people were bitching about that. And then there was the Watts riots, which was amazingly huge, and the Detroit riots, which, but these were black on black riots, those were. And then you had the student riots. There was lots of rioting that used to take place. Used to take That's place. That's all been deconstructed by the government, locked down, and there's been methodologies put in place that that have pacified the whole country, celebrity worship and all the rest of it. It's very complex, very well done. There is no chance. There'll be something that'll break out once in a while, but then the propaganda machine will come out like, they, you know, like they've done with these vets they're picking up and get it, everybody a bug in everyone's mind to think a certain way. Oh, these are terrible people, and they're you know, they're anti-American. They're terrorists. I mean, we got the whole thing set up so you can't do a thing. We're locked down. And the terrorism thing is part of it, and so is the TSA. So while we're on that, let me tell you a little bit about your Department of Terrorism, Department of Homeland Security, as I continue to follow the uh, sexual harassment lawsuit, mainly for shits and giggles. Uh, two affidavits have come out, John, which I'd like to share with you. Oh, good. <laughs> this is this is way, way unsafe for the children. Um, so two affidavits. Uh, I, name blacked out, being over the age of 18, make the following statement under penalty of perjury. I have no personal relationship, blah, 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 blah. This is against uh, Suzanne Barr. Uh, Suzanne Barr, who was uh, purportedly uh, Lucy Napolitano's girlfriend, who was brought in and uh, sexually, uh, with, with the other douche knucklehead, sexually harassed men at the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, on the last work day before and Halloween, by the way, she wasn't qualified for that job to start with. But go on. On the last work day before Halloween, two thousand nine, my duties required me to go to the director's office where several employees were dis- discussing personal Halloween plans. I joined the conversation. Suzanne Barr was also present for part of the conversation. At some point during the conversation, I witnessed Suzanne Barr turn to the senior ICE employee Tay Johnson and state, "You a sexy motherfucker." Then she looked at his crotch and asked. How long is it anyway? Several employees laughed nervously. Shortly thereafter, several employees returned to work duties, myself included, and several continued the Halloween conversation. Now let's go to Affidavit B. This one's even better. And this is sworn testimony from people who are saying it's rampant in this Department of Homeland Security. The people who are trying to scare you into submission. I'm over the age of 18, blah, blah, make the following statement under penalty of uh, perjury. I work for Immigration Customs Enforcement in Columbia area, 2009. Uh, during late 2009, ICE Director Morton and others, including Suzanne Barr and Ray Palmer, visited Columbia. During the, Columbia, bear in mind. During this visit, Suzanne Barr and Ray Palmer were both at a party at the house of the Deputy Chief of Mission of the U.S. Embassy in Columbia, at which I was also present. And as you can imagine, John, it says here, during this party, Barr and Palmer were both drinking heavily. Palmer obtained the BlackBerry of Peter Vincent, another ICE employee, and used it to send lewd messages to Barr. I viewed at least one message, which stated from Palmer, posing as Vincent, to Barr. You ready for the quote? Go. I want to eat the corn out of your shit. During this party, Suzanne Barr approached me and offered to give me a blowjob. This is what's going on in your government, people. To arms, I say. Isn't that stunning? Isn't that just stunning? Yeah, and why is this not covered at all by NBC, CBS? Because you can't say... New York Times. You can't say eat the corn out of your poop. 
You could. <laughs> you could say Pussy Riot. We just need to have a band. Hey, everybody. It's the Corn Horleos here. It's the Corn corn Eaters. The Corn Poop Eaters. This is disgusting. And again, people that listen to our show, they have to ask the question, why are you hearing it on our show? Why do you have to get this news from a podcast? Yeah, why do you have to get this news from a podcast? (laughs) I mean, it's a great, it's the best podcast in the universe, but still, it shouldn't be the one source of this sort of information. Mm Mm-mm. So so while that's happening, while they're offering each other blowjobs and sending text messages with a level of a 12th grader, not, not even 12th, 5th grader, here's what they're doing to scare you about the upcoming elections, which only, of course, is two parties. We want to get you updated on the latest political news this morning. Federal law enforcement hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst at the Republican and Democratic National Conventions. An intelligence bulletin obtained by CNN warns of violence by anarchist extremist groups. Veterans! Possibly using improvised explosive devices. IEDs, that's what veterans know all about. It cites concerns what? over bridges and infrastructure in both Tampa and Charlotte. That's where the Democrats will be holding their convention. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Be very afraid of the convention. Because if it's not the IEDs from the veterans, the crazy revolutionaries, it's going to be the huge hurricane that's coming. Oh, the hurricane is coming. You are being propagandized, people. Well, that's what happens. So the one thing we didn't discuss, John, is the thing you put in the uh, newsletter, and I have a clip. No, good. This is about uh, the islands. The crazy islands. Okay, so let's just uh, set this up, John, because it's very obvious what this is about, but the the clip uh, accentuates how dumb we're being kept uh, by our uh, media. Um, yeah, there's a big gas uh, discovery in the middle of uh, somewhere between Senkaku, uh, the Senkaku. Taiwan and uh, and Japan. Yes, yeah, so there's the Senkaku a, Islands. Right, there's a couple of these. There's some. It's, a, it's an atoll of maybe eight islands, and they're actually privately, or five of them are privately owned by some Japanese guy, and his sisters owns one island, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And anyway, they uh, these islands are always a dispute. It's always been into the, nobody. These islands are just there. They're not doing anything. They're, nobody's using them for anything. But but they've all, they've been in dispute for years, but nobody's cared too much. But all of a sudden, everyone's all up at wants to deal with these islands because it turns out that within the purview of the of the islands, uh, you get you can access this uh, huge gas field, which is sitting north of the islands. And so, if the Chinese own the islands, then they can start drilling in the gas fields. If the Japanese own them, and then the Koreans are somehow involved in this. And uh, curiously enough, the Chinese have already been drilling in the area. Yeah, and it all depends but, on how you define the economic, the exclusive economic zone, which would be a throwback to the uh, law of the sea treaty. Because exactly, and the funny thing is, is that. Uh, is that the way the news media is playing this is they they never give a a motive for all of a sudden you know one <laughs> no. one you know a bunch of chinese go over there and they protest and they're tearing up the car and there are protests all over china uh, anti-japanese protests which are obviously staged and they're all over the place and nobody ever says oh it's a dispute over these islands as if it's anybody gives a crap but even worse we're now sending over ships to patrol the area because, of course, you know, who would we be? You know, we need the best that we can get. And the world has called once again, and we need to go over there. and We need to go uh, hmm, protect the fields, perhaps? Do you think we could be protect? I mean, 
we protect the poppy fields. We have drones patrolling the pipelines. Now we have to go because there's oil and gas. Hey, hey, anyone with slanty eyes, move away. This is ours. That's basically what we're doing. And here is, once again, my favorite Pussy Riot girl, Erin Burnett. She's going to explain what's going on because it's so mysterious. It suggested the situation could spiral out of control. Tensions are clearly rising. All this over a small cluster of islands that no one even lives on. No one even lives on. It's all about the islands. It's <laughs> The Senkakus are privately administered by the Japanese, but the Chinese claim they are the rightful owners. These guys have got to work this out, and we're not going to take a side with it. While officially neutral, the U.S. Defense Treaty means it would have to back Japan in a military confrontation over these islands. So I think behind the scenes, the United States is probably encouraging all parties, including Japan, to not take any uh, actions that are going to further uh, cause uh, tensions to potentially spiral uh, out of control. Like recent incidents in which Chinese protesters turned violent. Yeah, that was so staged, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> turn the, the car up. was uh, was the giveaway. <laughs> yeah, turn the car upside down. Beat on the tires. And uh, here, hold the sign. Here, I got some signs. I just printed them up for you. And Japanese nationalists wave their flag. This is Japan's territory. The U.S. is signaling it will support Japan's security, if not its sovereignty claim. The Pentagon has traditionally conducted surveillance flights for anti-submarine warfare operations near Japan. We've upgraded those capabilities and are now going to, uh, in the future, potentially fly uh, drones over that area, which <laughs> would provide uh, better surveillance capabilities so that there would be more situational awareness of actually what is uh, taking place uh, uh, in, in that region. So I, I made a mistake. That wasn't the Burnett clip, which I do have, which is funnier. But I like this one because whenever we bring out the drones, it's always to protect some kind of oil or gas. That's what these things are for. We, we run them up and down the pipeline, get some situational awareness. Now here's Burnett. And now our fourth story out U.S. Marines today began serious. This is month-long exercises in the Western Pacific. Now, some of these military exercises will be done alongside American ally Japan. Which it's has just an exercise, John. Nothing to see here. China, mad as a hornet. In an editorial, Chinese state media warned the United States, quote, not to flan fan the flame in the region. Tensions are already extremely high thanks to a dispute between Japan and China over uninhabited islands in the East China Sea. Both countries, though, claim to own them. And on Sunday, a group of 10 Japanese activists landed on the island, unfurled their flags. Those actions sparked furious anti-Japanese protests across the nation of China. Pentagon correspondent Chris Lawrence is out front tonight. It's a frightening scenario. American troops backing their Japanese allies drawn into a conflict with China. China. And fighting over nothing more than some uninhabited islands and a few rocks. It's just a bunch of rocks, John. <laughs> it's just some rocks. Why do, they, do these people have any souls whatsoever to give these sort of shallow reports as news? It's just rocks. Who knows what's going on? Yeah, I can't understand. Why? I mean, it, they must be not their eyes. It must be the slanty eyes. You can't see straight. It's just rocks. Yeah, yeah, that's another winner. <laughs> oh, nah, you got to love it, man. 
Because if they weren't such idiots, what would we do with our time? Well, we could probably make uh, money being publishing things or doing some real work. So, he, so I got a full. I'm going to probably save one for Sunday. I got this really funny clip because I want to go on on a high note, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> hey, could you please bring on, everyone down at the end here? Yeah, why not? There, so, there's a, in fact, I do have an end of show clip if you want me to set that up. Uh, but I do have a report for the Olympics in Rio that had a couple numbers in it that I went, oh, this isn't going to be very funny. Uh, play the Rio report on the Olympics. The main athletic stadium is nearly complete, but there is still a lot to do, as Brazil is also hosting the Football World Cup in 2014. Beyond the Olympic venues, Rio will have to deal with other problems, such as security. Hundreds of slums remain under the control of drug traffickers, despite repeated efforts by the country's security forces. Housing, too, is a concern. More than a million tourists are expected in a city that only has around 34,000 beds. Not to mention the transport network. The city is known for its gridlock, and construction of new roads and a new metro line may not be enough to relieve the congestion. Uh, let, me, let me get this straight. <laughs> You're going to bring in a million people. Yeah. And you have 32,000 beds. Uh, bunk beds. I think they're bunk beds, so it might work. So they got 32,000 beds for a million people. <laughs> bunk beds. And then you're going to have... <laughs> so what? how does this work? Are you going to build hotels specifically for the Olympics and then abandon them afterwards? FEMA or are they going to open their homes and invite you to stay there like they do at CBIT maybe, and which doesn't have a million people coming in, just has half a million? I mean, this is like, what? This doesn't make any sense at all. FEMA trailers, John. Trailers. Trailer. The FEMA trailers. Yeah. The poison FEMA trailers. Yeah. That'll solve it. Mm-hmm. I had an end-of-show song, uh, but you didn't like the last one I had, so I'm a little worried about playing that. It's the TSA song. Had you heard that? Have you seen that video? I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. No, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was a little lamish. Because somebody, one of our, our our producers, sent it in, and I yeah. watched it. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I thought it was kind of lame, to be honest. With you. I didn't think it was funny. It's funny because Miss Mickey just heard the the song. She's like, "Hey, that's kind of good. What is that?" Because it is kind of a good R and B. It had a nice beat. I mean, it's as a song per se. (laughs) It had a nice beat. It had a nice beat, like being Dick Clark. Is is this the Ed Sullivan show? No, Dick Clark. Yeah, this American Bandstand. Yeah, boy, it had a nice beat. These kids had a a really nice beat, but the lyrics are really just right. I'm John C. Dvorak coming to you for American Bandstand. You can play it if you want. No, it's all right. What, what is take, your, what is your end of show? Let's do your end of show clip and get the heck out of here because I got stuff okay, to well, do. This is the, an ex-ambassador. This is a long clip, but it's the, which is why it's end of show. It's this ex-UK ambassador to Uzbekistan who was a whistleblower and he got fired and he's now a kind of an activist and he's out lecturing the British public about Assange and pointing out some interesting facts about uh, well, how embassies, what the status of an embassy is and what would happen to you if you actually went in there and, and, and grabbed Assange. Oh, good. Well, you know what happens if you have an, uh, if you harbor Assange? They turn on the the uh, volcano earthquake machine. They harp you. You see that the volcano's erupting now in Ecuador? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a good call. You should have brought that up. Well, you, I have a clip if you want to hear it. It's, uh, Sunday. Let's do Sunday. Okay, Sunday we'll do that clip.
Uh, okay, so we'll do that as an end of show clip, and we will be back on Sunday with another episode of the best podcast in the universe. It is the No Agenda Show. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. We need all the help we can get here in the dog days of summer as we wind it up. And I am going to go bring in the outdoor furniture for the rain that's coming, everybody. Here at Camp MoFo, in the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we have no mosquitoes yet, I'm John C. Dvorak. Committed an offense, but he should be tried with due process. Ecuadorian President Rafael Correa speaking Friday, shortly before Julian Assange spoke Sunday. A number of his supporters also took to the microphone outside the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Among the speakers, writer and activist Tarek Ali, as well as Craig Murray, the former British ambassador to Uzbekistan. Murray, a whistleblower himself, was removed from office in 2004 after he exposed how the United States and Britain supported torture by the Uzbek regime. On Sunday, Ambassador Murray criticized the British government for threatening to raid the embassy to arrest Julian Assange. The Vienna Convention is absolutely plain. The Vienna Convention of 1961 is the single most subscribed international treaty in existence. And it states in Article 22, Section 1, that the diplomatic premises of an embassy are inviolable. Full stop. Are inviolable. You cannot invade the embassy of another country. As Tariq rightly said, there were times when I sheltered Uzbek dissidents from their government within the confines of the British embassy in Uzbekistan. Even during the height of the tensions of the Cold War, the opposing parties never entered each other's embassies to abduct a dissident. The fact that William Hague now openly threatens the Ecuadorians with the invasion of their sovereign premises is one further example of the total abandonment of the very concept of international law by the neoconservative junters that are currently ruling the former Western democracies. And I can tell you something else for certain. The position I've just outlined, that the invasion of a diplomatic premises is a crime in international law and a crime in the state whose premises are invaded, that is a position which is taken by virtually every country in the world. And it is a crime which is eminently extraditable. So any policeman who forcibly enters the premises of the Embassy of Ecuador will find himself liable for extradition to Ecuador as soon as he leaves the United Kingdom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all for coming here to listen. I thank deeply and from my heart those of you who have come uh, to support Julian Assange and support his continuing struggle for freedom and to support 
the continuing cause of whistleblowing and revealing that which government does not want you to know. We are here today for freedom. Here we stand. We thank the Ecuadorian government for their support, and we stand with Julian Assange. Thank you very much. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A